Hi, this is Doug Manch, and you're listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. Welcome back, loony listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. This is a big one. This is episode 149. It doesn't sound like a big number or a significant number, but it is. And uh, we've got a bumper episode for you tonight. We are reviewing a new comic book uh, off the back of the bonus episode, which we've done uh, for Avengers 33. It's uh, The Age of Conchu. And uh, this will be more of our formal review. Uh, and also we'll have our next chapter for The Hunt for Conchu's Golden Scepter, Part 11. You are listening to your high press of Conchu, Ray. And I am joined by a very special guest, good friend of the show, and awesome loony Tommy Cavill. Tommy, welcome. Tommy the man on the streets. Yeah. Hey, Ray. It's good to be back. <laughs> cool, cool. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, I... um. Uh, you probably don't know how to take that kind of title. It is yours. You are the man on the streets. We will see later on, we'll hear later on, your travails in the in the serial adventure where you do, uh, I guess, investigate. Uh, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, look, just before we go on, again, I just want to give a big shout-out um, to our fantastic Patroonies. Thank you so much for for joining uh dustin wayne justin joey jordan josh james and anthony and a big welcome to our new and latest patroni russell moran he's an it scribe rtk scribe from paint monks library a big hello russell he gave some feedback in our bonus episode thank you for becoming a patroni it's very very much appreciated um you're a champ also, a couple of sponsors, as mentioned, Hello Headphones, empowering gamers to play at their best. Fantastic sponsor. And our new sponsor, Dreamland Comics from Tommy uh, Schaumburg. Is that how you pronounce it? Illinois? Schaumburg? I'm not sure if you know of the area. I know nothing about Schaumburg, Illinois, but I bet that's how you say it. Okay, cool. Schaumburg, Illinois. Dreamland Comics, the superhero superstore. So a big shout out to them. Uh, great sponsors of the show. Well, Tommy, man, it's great to have you back. It's been, it seems like ages since we've spoken together. Um, a bit here and there online, of course. And of course, you've been a very busy fellow as well. Uh, but um, what I guess I wanted to ask as well. I always, you know, always kind of kick it off as to, to reading anything in particular. Are you, how are you going on the reading front? You may be reading a lot less these days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, as a teacher, these last couple of weeks, I'm reading mostly student work, and we. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how it's been in Australia, but it's it's been nothing but chaos in the United States over the last couple of months. Our schools ended. Um, the night of, of March 12th. And so I've been away from my classroom and my students for, for about two months now. And so right now I'm reading predominantly children's books and a novel to my children. Um, and I'm reading student work. So I haven't, I, I've been very, very out of touch when it comes to comics, but I, I have been making time for a few things. I've been rereading Dune. Um, Okay. I got excited with the anticipating the the new movie coming out, and I, I read the the first two books in the Dune series when I was in high school. So I, 
uh, picked up some extra copies of those and um, going back and taking a look at, at some favorite comics um, uh, through the fantasy comic book league a few months ago, mm-hmm. um, I won, which was yeah. fun. And, and so I, uh, uh, they sent me a trade paperback of the complete um, Tom King vision series. Oh, um, nice one. And so nice one. that I've been kind of picking through and my buddy, Jason, who's actually, um, I'm going to step from the mic for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, who plays with us in our fantasy comic book league um, found a hard copy of uh, ah, yes. men's eternals at nice. uh, a library like yep. friends of the library sale. Um, and so he's been letting me borrow this for about five months. So, um, <laughs> but, but otherwise I still have some polls at, at tardies at my comic book shop. I'm still picking up um, the Ta-Nehisi Coates um, black Panther run. Mm-hmm. Um, DC's last God and given we we're coming back. This was our first week back for all of us uh, with new comic book day. And so um, getting back into the shop the other day on Wednesday and and to seeing my friends there was, was really awesome. And, and, and even though I haven't been actually reading a lot of the the polls that I have and and, and the books that I've been picking up, um, I think that what, what I love about comic culture is exactly what, I experienced two years ago when we found or when ITK was getting started, you know, 10 episodes in, I think is when I found you or something like that. And, and it's, it's the community. And so even though I might, I may not have time with three kids now and and school ending and, and time to read everything that I want to. um, What I loved most about this last Wednesday was getting back into the store and, seeing Gavin and Deanna and Abby, the, uh, the owners of the shop and, and talking to them and just kind of shooting the breeze and, and, and the same thing here. And, and so I just want to celebrate ITK uh, for that as well, because it's um, finding connections and, and, mm. I, you know, we'll give some shout outs later in the show for yeah. a couple of loonies that have become very special to me. Um, it's, it's really exciting. So, so even though the world is mm. trying to figure itself out right now, um, it's that, that, that comic culture is something that's very special. So. Yeah. I mean, how, because it has, things have, um, the, the, the pressure's kind of off a little here as well, like with regards to, and we're not going to spend too much about the pandemic and stuff, but interested to know about your comic book store. What are the little changes that you see now? Like, do you see like X's on the floor for, you know, the, um, was it the six foot distance of 1.5 meter distance? Do you, do you see, is it a limited amount of customers coming in, uh, pan sanitizers everywhere? How is it kind of a different from before? Yeah. And, and so Tardy's is, is not necessarily typical of other stores in the United States because we're working with federal regulations, um, state regulations and Michigan is, is quite different than many other States. Um, and then we're dealing with, with local County, uh, regulations as well. And so my comic book shop is many uh, of our movie shops are, it's, it's kind of like a shotgun store mm-hmm. in a, in a little tiny strip mall. Okay. Um, and so it's, it's, it's really tight quarters at times. And uh, so we don't have X's on the floors and, and, you know, six foot ropes and things like mm-hmm. that, that you might see in a restaurant when you're picking up carry out or takeaway. Um, but they, because of regulations that have been uh, issued by uh, our our state government and really just over the last week, um, the reopening does dictate that um, they can only have so many 
patrons inside at a time. Yeah. And that is, you know, less the, the workers. And so I think it's 10 in a shop of X size. Mm-hmm. And since there's three workers at Tardy's every day with Gavin and Deanna and Abby, uh, I think they can only have seven patrons inside at a time. But even then, it, it is close quarters. Yeah. We do have to wear masks wherever we go. Oh, okay. Yep. No problem. I mean, yeah, yeah. at the end of the day, we're protecting each other. Yeah. Um, and so it's it, it was kind of weird because I've been to the grocery store kind of on and off. My wife and I had switch and, and who goes to the grocery store. But other than that, we, we've really been self-sequestered. Um, for about two months and it's it's it, it it was vexing and it was jarring at first and mm. it, it was difficult at times and trying to co-parent and work in the same house mm. and trying to split professional time yeah. um and parent and try to teach your kids yes. and try oh, to still God. have fun and, yeah. and try to find time for yourself is it's it's impossible yeah um and so it was just that that breath of sorry for the irony but that breath of fresh air of getting out, <laughs> breathing through my mask. Yeah. Um, and there were only two, two patrons in the store at the time when I went, but it was, it was, it was really great. Okay. So. No, that's, that's fantastic. I mean, yeah, it is a, a different time. It's, you know, it's just, a, it's a weird thing, but it must be such a, like a relief. I mean, this, this was a, the talk of, you know, a lot of the online town for comic book um, collectors about just, you know, comics being available again and um, not only in digital form, but you can actually pick them up again. And so Avengers 33 is uh, is one of them uh, coming out, from Marvel at least. Um, I know DC have a different agenda, uh, but yeah, so they've released it. So that was one of the first kind of waves of, of um, available comics. I do believe Marvel's gone, like, I, I get... Um, I get like promo emails from them as well, and uh, I they've got like digital first again. So I think they're going back to digital for a while, um, and which the idea is that later on you'll get the, you can get the hard copy later on in the year. But um, it's interesting that yeah, this release May twenty May twenty seven was when it the new comic book day. Um, yeah, that Marvel released uh, hard copies, physical copies of it. But it's it's going to be a trickle. It's going to be a slow um, return to it. But uh, yeah, I think I think everyone's kind of sighing, uh, sighing a what is it? I've lost the saying. Sighing a sigh of relief. <laughs> so um, so that's cool. Uh, yeah, great. Um, so I've just sorry there, Tommy. I always say as well. I was looking down, typing it. So I've got June Vision Eternals. Uh, Black Panther, and I've got Last God as yours. Uh, I'll put them in the show notes for any loonies keen on, uh, you know, trying something different from our recommendations from our guests. Um, so, I mean, as for me, look, I'm still kind of, I'm still kind of working through my epic collections. So, uh, nothing much has changed. Amazing Spider-Man, Cosmic Adventures. Well, I will say though, I am, um, I'm going through the Grey Hulk era. Uh, so, I might as well give a shout out to Capes and Lunatics, Psychics. They're doing a a retrospective on Joe Fixit. So I'm reading along with them um, from about 340, I don't know, 345 of the Incredible Hulk series, Peter David onwards uh, with Joe Fixit in Vegas. That's a lot of fun. Uh, also Quasar, again, a big shout out to the Quantum Zone, Quasar podcast. Um, I've been following them. Uh, we're up to Quasar 43. Uh, very interesting as through a 60-issue run. Um, and uh, and Scarlet Spider, Ben Riley. So I'm looking at the Clone Saga. Been reading a lot of the um, the Clone Saga, which is a lot of fun. I mean, I know people like diss it and stuff, but uh, I kind of, you know, it's not it's not 
like a masterpiece, a highbrow kind of writing, but it's just a bit of fun. So, um, yeah. I remember when, uh, uh, when, is it, was it last summer or now two summers ago, but when Damnation came out, um, <laughs> yes. we had all the, all the speculation about Ben Riley and, yes. and Scarlet Spider. And, you know, what do we, is that going to, should we go back and, and look into those books and, and try to find some <laughs> Easter eggs? And... Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that's kind of where I first kind of clicked because Peter David was writing and I was quite impressed with, with the Scarlet Spider. Took a liking to him. So I thought I'd better jump on this uh, this kind of journey of, of Ben Riley in the Capes and Lunatics Sidekicks um, Ultimate Spider cast. So I'm on there at the end of each month, a little plug, um, yeah, with uh, Phil, Drop King Phil, and Matt Kona, um, great guys there. Uh, anyway, Tommy, um, not only comics as well. You you were talking about Dungeons and Dragons earlier. Yeah, so um, I posted on uh, the our Facebook group maybe a month or two ago, but I've been trying to introduce my five year old to Dungeons and Dragons, albeit a kind of rudimentary version. Um, but being stuck inside and at home for two months, you, you know, you kind of rack your brain. What 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 can I do to maintain some semblance of consciousness i guess or, or trying to have some fun and so um i was thinking about it and so i've been kind of kind of workshopping a, a dungeons and dragons character um that i shared on the group but um i hadn't played since i was in middle school so it's been almost 20 years since i played and finding oneself stuck inside your home and you can't see your friends um i found a group another group on facebook of, of michigan D&D players and I, uh, Ray, you and I were just talking earlier today about um, Discord and what a great service that mm-hmm. is. Um, you know, where really ITK had its roots um, in sharing audio. And so I found a, a group that was playing just audio only, well, audio and text only on Discord and they brought me in. And so I'm, I'm actually playing in two different campaigns just a couple hours a week at night. Um, but in one of them, the uh, it's the same uh, DM. And so he has basically let me play Moon Knight. And so I'm playing this <laughs> Warlock character, um, level, level maybe 13 now. Um, and so I'm, but I'm playing him as Mark Spector Moon Knight. Um, the, the DID and the multiple personalities haven't come into the mix, but... I have this patron god, Kanchu, and he's given me all these powers, and <laughs> I am his avatar of vengeance cool. in this world. Yeah. Um, and it, so that's been a ton of fun. And then in a second campaign, I'm playing, playing a very different character, more of a like a pacifist, um, named Rubo, and he's a uh, he's a. I know this sounds super nerdy, but whatever. Welcome to ITK. <laughs> um, but he's a Loxodon, which is like an elephant man okay and he's a he's a druid but he also is he's like a follower of the moon and so all of his powers kind of revolve around the moon and lights and phases um and i'm hoping the dm's going to kind of play into it because these two campaigns are taking place at the same time in the world uh that it's set in um that rubo is going to kind of come to find out that the 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 moon is conchu and then he and my other character are going to find a way to like have some connection. And it's just, it's been so much fun to just role play. Cause I'm, you know, I'm an actor from in high school and college and in my, my young adult life over the last 10 years. And I love acting and I love working on the stage and on film. And 
even and you know the voice acting for mm. the serial here has been such a fun little escape oh, whenever nice. I'm on, and and so it's 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 really a lot of fun for me, even just a couple hours a week to to be able to play a version of my favorite comic book character. And so it's been such a great way to celebrate my one of my passions and one of my interests, um, but in a in a very different way. So I'd love to to have conversations with other loonies, especially other D and D players, or if you have any questions. I'm by no means a, an experienced D and D player. Like I said, I played when I was in middle school, and, and I've maybe put in 20 hours over the course of the last couple of months to kind of get back into it. But but that's something that I'd love to talk about. Awesome. I mean, look, that other character that you mentioned. So is that your creation, or is that based on the mythology or something, or? Well, both characters outside of the the very heavy uh, Moon Knight references yep. um, are are my creation, but they're they're created through the rules of the game. Okay. So my um, the warlock character is uh, just a human character, and you know if you pick up the D and D books or get on D and D Beyond or Roll Twenty, um, they kind of show you how to make a character. Yeah. And then as you level up, you have to follow certain paths and, and you get choices and things like that. Um, but the, the other character, the elephant creature, the, the Loxodon is uh, it's, it's something that was just created by wizards of the coast, which is the company that now owns D and D and okay. magic, the gathering. Um, I know that uh, um, Dave's former partner on signal of doom uh, oh, yes. he was super into magic the gathering too oh, he's okay. he's another teacher um and i don't know rick rick might he might he might oh. like play magic too but rick, um, but i played magic when i was yeah. when i was younger and uh so it's just it's kind of fun to now that i have a little bit more time yeah to, to kind of explore some fun activities you know not being in school all the time it's it's been great Okay, awesome. I mean, like, uh, and by all means, we'll get to it with our spectacle, which will be just a little segment after this, um, just for contact details and stuff uh, for Tommy. But uh, it'd be interesting. Any loonies, I'm sure there are a lot of loonies out there that are into Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, unfortunately, I, I know very little about it other than what I've learned from Stranger Things. <laughs> um, um, I, I uh, And IT Crowd, uh, for anyone that knows that British comedy um, comedy show. Uh yeah, so it's it's it sounds interesting, um, and of course the like celebrities like Vin Diesel and Deborah Ann Wall. I know she did this. Uh, she created this thing, rarities and relics. I think um, she created her own Dungeons and Dragons kind of community. Um, so yeah, it it's, uh, it fascinates me how it's you know this role playing idea. But no, very interesting, very interesting indeed. Um, now, before we get into the spectacle, well, actually, why not? Just so, so, Tommy, if loonies do want to contact you, and I'll put this in the show notes, where where can they contact you? How can they contact you for anything D and D? Probably the best way is just on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ray has graciously allowed me to be be one of our, the group's administrators to you know guard the gates, <laughs> to guard the Bifrost. Um, so you can find me there. Um, I'm also on Twitter. I forget what my Twitter <laughs> at Thomas Cavill. Uh, yeah, I think it's just at Thomas Cavill. Yeah. Um, and so you know, I'll I'll pop up as a somebody that likes ITK tweets and, and things like that. But probably Facebook is probably the best place. And okay, 
Boonies are probably familiar with you kind of popping in and yeah. liking their comments and okay. giving shout outs. Cause I, I, I love seeing everybody comment on Facebook oh, it's, it's, fun, uh, it? it's and, and sharing your interest. And I love seeing those first comments of, of new loonies where it's like, yeah. Hey, I don't know if it's okay to post this year, but <laughs> I wanted to share this. And, and usually you'll see a comment from you that just says, absolutely yeah. keep it going. You know, that's, that's what we're here for. We want to support each other and oh. celebrate each other. Right, I love it. I love saying it. I mean, of course, I say within reason, but every every time someone's requested something, it's like, oh, for sure, this is what this thing is for, you know? It's great. Like, whether you're a cosplayer or you want to show off your collection, uh, I love seeing that sort of stuff and, and really encourage that to be shared around. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, um, okay, so, well, in the show notes, uh, you obviously you can contact com- t- Tommy through the Facebook group, um, and I think that's in there anyway. Uh, all right, well... Tommy, just the other thing, we got something from Chad. He requested, uh, it's, it's been a long while since we've done it. We might as well do it now. I'm going to lead off with what Chad's um, said, uh, the power of Chad, that is, and its predictions for Moon Knight over the next 12 months because we've seen a lot of um, activity, especially in the group now. I mean, you're mentioning, Tommy, uh, a lot of new loonies coming in, which I think is fantastic. It's great. There seems to, especially with this Avengers 33 issue, it seems to have garnered a lot of interest. Um, and, of course, the TV show coming up. What would you say over the next 12 months? Um, actually, I'll, sorry, I'll lead this off with, with Chad because he's, he's um, suggested it. The next 12 months, I'll give you some time to think, uh, where do we see, what do we see in the lights of Moon Knight in the media? W- what do you think will occur? Um, and I'll, I'll just lead off with what Chad says. He goes, my prediction for the next 12 months is that Conchu is going to let the Avengers in on whatever cosmic battle royale is going down. Uh, they'll willingly take a knee or provide backup, and Loki will be proven right from his run as Sorcerer Supreme. You and I know from Fantasy Comic League that Chad is a big Loki fan. <laughs> um, humanity wasn't prepared for this threat, and without help, um, that'd be a speed bump at best for whatever beastie shows up. Uh, also, he reckons uh, Jake Lockley as the Hell Cabbie using Robbie's Hell Charger <laughs> a, a bit more later yeah, in Avengers 33. And he said, aside from comics, casting for the show is going to be surprising. He reckons that will be up in the next 12 months. Um, I think we may have a standalone iOS game and two Stinger appearances. So a lot there that um, will occur. Over 12 months is a long time. What do you reckon, Tommy? Um, will we see a and that's, lot? Chad, my man, I love you. <laughs> we, we have a lot of shared interests. I think that's a lot of that's pretty ambitious. Um, it's, and I think my, my uh, predictions, I think, are a bit more tempered, just in that, mm-hmm. especially with... Uh, the shutdowns that we've seen throughout the world. And while some nations have opened up and the United States is getting into new phases, um, I really don't think that we're going to have what we want to have very soon. Um, You know, knowing that uh, the trade paperback of, uh, of um, the Avengers run, but the age of Conchu, I think it's, I think it's officially going to be seven issues. It's 30, it's collecting 31 through 37. I think we're going to see monthly CBR.com uh, oh, yeah, articles and we got this covered articles and, and, and the clickbait sites. Um, we might see um, some news, I think, about casting within mm-hmm. the next, I'd say maybe even six months for the show. Okay. Um, and I, I would hope definitely within the next year. 
Um, but I think that even the the Moon Knight show isn't expected to drop on Disney Plus until 2022. Um, and while they, we had the original schedule that they, I think they were re- going to start filming and um, getting into active production in maybe October, November of this year, I think that's yeah. most definitely going to get pushed back again. Yeah. Um, so as it goes as a Moon Knight fan, as, a, as we all are as diehard Moon Knight fans, um, you got to sit and you got to wait and it's painful. You know, this is something to celebrate that he is not, you know, who um, from DC. (laughs) Um, I'm not going to give up that reference right now. (laughs) Um, But, but at the same time, you know, like serpent war and we may get into this later, but Mm. serpent war, I know that we all had our criticisms for it and it was kind of a weird mix uh, with Conan and, and the other two characters that Marvel has kind of invested in. And maybe we'll continue to now that they're back. Um, uh, but it, it was that was a really a pleasant surprise for me. I had a lot of fun with Damnation, you know. Um, Damnation. And, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, what I mean is that you know that was another miniseries oh, that yeah, you know, yeah. we we had to wait months and months and yeah. months to see Moon Knight in anything, even yeah. just a reference. Yeah. Um, and then we got Serpent War, and then you know Serpent War, and even the the Marvel Spotlight from last summer mm-hmm. was it number four three, four. Um, and, and you, part of, I guess part of the fun of being a fan of Moon Knight is that you know that he is a, a, a character that remains within the annals of Marvel history, um, even to his, his small degree. And Marvel is going to continue to use him. And so it's, it's kind of, it's the carrot at the end of the stick for me yeah. um, that it's, it, that's part of it. it, it I kind of take pleasure in the pain of being a Moon Knight fan of that, you, you're always, you're always looking for news. You're always looking for news. And even though you're disappointed 99% of the time, yeah. that one time when you hear that, Holy smokes, there's a limited series with Moon Knight coming out yeah. or there's seven issues in this Avengers arc where Moon Knight's coming out. And I get to have those great conversations with my friends at, at my store or with the loonies online and it's like, that, that's part of the fun. So, um, you know, Chad, I can only hope that all of those things come true. <laughs> um, but, but I, I think that we're going to see Moon Knight finish out this series, uh, in Avengers, what, what that'll probably be, I think issue 37. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe, maybe next summer they'll announce another limited run or maybe they'll announce a new yeah. series, but I, 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 I gotta temper myself in yeah. my excitement. Yeah, look, I think um, a series is on the way, but it will be a bit later as well um, because I think, as you say, they push back the TV show. They want it to coincide it with the show, um, so you don't want to release it too early unless, of course, they're thinking, touch wood, if ever, they would do like a 30-plus run you know, that would last a distance to lead into the TV show. Uh, generally, you're looking at, what, six seven maybe 12 issues um, for a run mm-hmm. so they wouldn't be releasing that until yeah maybe the the latter half of that the 12 month period that that say you know we're looking at prediction uh, predicting um anything to happen uh i'm a little bit more cautiously optimistic on on the the toy figures i mean we've seen the release of one of the latest um uh marvel legends uh moon knight the all yeah. white one which is pretty cool yeah and i've got my uh previous legends one figure yeah, right here yeah, yeah um, exactly. but that all white one is it's a walgreens exclusive yeah. i don't know how they scored that deal but i 
I got my pre-order in. I think that they're sold so cool. out now. Awesome. I think they're done, but but and you can only get one at a time. But I got my pre-order in, so I'm that's awesome. To... Well, I mean, so that's come out a bit early. I do think they will again in the lead up to the show. So we're talking about later on. It's not going to come soon, but we might get another iteration. Still hanging out for that, Mister Knight. Maybe some villains, like maybe a Bushman or something. Uh, whoever might be featuring in the TV show. So I still think that will come out, and and. To the same regards uh, with the Funko Pops as well. I think there'll be a bit more of a release depending on what the show will offer. The Funko Pops will follow suit or uh, as is more often the case with with toy um, figures, they kind of preempt the TV show and spoil some some spoilers. So we might even know who the mm-hmm. villains are before the show airs because of the, the toy releases. But I think that would what, what I'd love to see though is, yeah. is Legos. I want, yeah. I want, I, cause you can pop around and sometimes on eBay or even uh, um, um, on Craigslist, I, I saw something claimed before, but I think it was fake, but of custom Moon Knight Lego figures where yeah. somebody created their own, but when you see Captain America, my my child, my boys have uh, a million Spider Man Legos. Yeah. But what I want to see, like that, like the the, the validation point yeah. is when Lego releases a Moon Knight action or a Lego set. That that would just be awesome. Yeah, and no, absolutely. Look, the closest thing I've got to to that to the Legos thing, the Mini Mates. There's the Moon Knight Mini yeah. Mates has come out. That's a nice little figure with with Punisher and such. Um, but anyway, just to to wrap up these predictions, uh, it's not really a prediction because I know I think it's still happening towards the last quarter of this year. We'll be looking at an omnibus for Moon Knight, which has been confirmed as I think it's it's largely the Mench run, um, maybe all of it. I think that's uh, about thirty eight issues plus maybe maybe even the Fist of Conchu. I'm not too sure. So that has been confirmed. Uh, that will be in the last quarter. It may have been pushed back now because of the, the pandemic. Um, so we will see a lot more publications. Um, I'm saying at least a mini, like, you know, not a title series. We'll get at least another mini of Moon Knight somewhere. Um, yeah. So, Roddy, uh, speaking of which there, Tommy, you, you showed, you flashed your uh, your Marvel Legends figure there. I just want to go to our spectacle, our shout-outs. So, um you had a couple of shout-outs. You, you scored big. You had a nice swag of stuff um, from all the way from Canada, right? Yeah, so it's it's been a long time since I've, uh, I guess, been live on the show. And so, you know, as I hope for all our loonies, your, our collections grow as yes. time goes on. But um, got in touch with uh, The Real Comic Nights and MoonKnight.life on Instagram, Sandy. Um, I think he's from about Toronto. Uh, in Canada. And he had posted that, you know, he's starting to sell a a bunch of stuff and and I found some, some really great pieces from him, but this guy, I got to give a huge shout out to Sandy. Mm -hmm. This guy's top notch. I mean, we, he was willing to talk live with me over Instagram. Um, He's sent videos going through his collection. He did personal searches for me looking for, for back issues. Um, And before I, I would love to show some of these off on video just real quick. Um, I'll try not to take up the, the podcast time. Um, but I also want to give a shout out to uh, Kate Monk's library because oh, uh, for sharing um, just a, a really, really great idea to how to store some of your favorite comics. Oh. Cause I have a, a, several short boxes in my basement where I keep a lot of my old issues mm-hmm. and I don't get to enjoy them because they're just stuck in the basement and I don't have time to do 
this, that, and the other to begin with. So when would I have time to actually go into the basement, dig into my boxes and actually look at my old comics. And so paint monks library shared on the Facebook page and you can actually look it up. Uh, maybe we can kind of pin, pin that post, yeah, yeah, uh, but, Definitely. but to check out these uh, BCW mm-hmm. store folios, yeah. um, they have uh, just a magnet clip inside, mm-hmm. but he recommended getting the let the faux leather bound cool. um, version. So it yeah. kind of looks like a book. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then it stores several boarded and bagged comics in there. Um, nice. How many do you reckon it can fit in there? I think it can store 20 to 25 Oy, um, that's all right. floppies. That's all and right. then maybe yeah. I think about 10 to 12 uh, boarded and bagged. Okay. Um, but he also used a uh, graphic design program um, to create uh binding labels and it has the oh, original them. moon knight insignia yes, I've seen them. Yeah. and and then he has the numbers down here and he, sh- he, shared, he shared all them. of them yeah, and so i've i've basically been able to recreate oh. library with all my my cherished um old floppies that's fantastic um, and so I'm, I'm really excited and that's going to be a, a little bit of a summer project for me to get that printed and actually uh you know check the the um quality of my issues and, and get them in here but it's that's going to be so fun for me to uh-huh. to showcase my favorite books on my bookshelf i'd show everybody you know ray has that yeah. nice setup behind him i just have a wall but that's because all of my books and everything are over oh, here by yeah. my piano and <laughs> um and, and so I, i'm really excited about that but uh but sandy though uh with the comic night um just really was willing to, to part with a lot of, of great issues at uh, at such a, a low price. And I'd love to show you on the dot cam, but we'll save time, but just a lot of great issues. We'll post this in the, in the Ooh, show notes. Yeah, I've just, I read that one just recently because uh, that was being reviewed. Uh, he goes up against this awful, awful Asian supervillain. <laughs> uh, it was, yeah, it was a, a lot of fun. Let's just say the that. white dragon. Yeah. 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 Um, and, uh, a few issues that I actually hadn't found, uh, anywhere, at least in any reasonable condition, but the ultimate Spider-Man. So I'm party with 80 and 107, which just have some really cool covers from the early two thousands. Um, and a lot of these are are issues I already had, uh, the vengeance with Wolverine, War Machine and Midnight Wolverine (laughs) on the cover. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I think I have four copies of this, but I just I had to have another one. And so if anybody's oh, interested, brilliant. maybe we can talk about spreading the love. Yeah, for sure. Hawkeye, Hawkeye, Moon Knights. And that was, uh, sorry, that was, Spider-Man. that was Stephen Grant and, um, in the submarine, right? Um, with, with I, the one with Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah. We, we did that review. That was, that was a good one. Um, but these are two of my favorites. Um, the, one of 50 variant for issue 200. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a piece that I, I just want to I want to put in the frame and, and put that on my wall. But this is what I'm most excited about because I haven't been able to find it, but it's the X-Universe cover uh, Ooh, with the, very the nice. like kind of the new Egypt type that the yeah. that uh, Avengers cartoon almost played uh-huh. off of. Yep. So, um, um, so any loonies or sorry, loonies you can't see the visuals. Um, and any loonies would be aware of this cover. It's a really cool cover. It's almost like a mummified uh, Moon Knight with uh, with some Uzis or some sort of submachine gun. Yeah, and that's in at least in my reading um, was pretty much the the precursor 
or the predecessor to um, the bone armor or mm. uh our, our visions of, of Moon Knight in the Lemire run where we see him kind of wrapped in, in, in this, this ancient or, or almost mummified shell. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I love that, you know, where we f- first see Mr. Knight, um, what was it, the Ellis? Uh, yeah, the Secret Avengers, wasn't it? Um, in, in Secret Avengers, yeah. where it's just, it's, it's only for a page or yeah. two. And, you, and, you, and, th- and then some other creator, or, well, a team of creators then, take that and then they turn that into one of our favorite iterations of Moon Knight. So I'm really excited to to add these to to my collection. And so I really wanted to give a shout out because Sandy um, at at Comic Night, he was awesome and he is awesome. And he's got a lot of really great stuff on Instagram. And so I recommend all loonies check him out. He's such a gentleman. Um, And oh, and he threw in two. I I paid him for for all of these. And he threw in two Walgreens. one of these Funko Pop, Funko uh, Pops, yeah, the uh, the classic Moon the exclusive, yeah, yeah, that's so fantastic. So, I mean, really cool. Yeah, I mean, so uh, a big, a big shout, out, a big thank you. I'll, well, I'll put it in the show notes as well, Tommy for Sandy. Uh, he's a one of the uh, the OG loonies as well. Um, I've had some great chats with him. I haven't heard from him recently, but I'm glad to see that he's still kicking it and doing everything Moon Knight. Uh, so yeah, big hello to Sandy if you're listening. Uh, and and also as well, uh, it's it's fortunate that you mentioned Paint Monk Libraries. Look, we're not only a comic review podcast; we're a DIY. So, <laughs> so a uh, big shout out to Wally Monk there. Um, not only are we doing um, some Moon Knight written article reviews um, for Paint Monk Libraries, but he is helping out loonies like Tommy. Um, fantastic ideas. Go check it out. Um, and uh, if we can, we'll might put some sort of relevant information to to those sorts of binders um, and and links to um, Wally has shared those uh, those spine kind of prints of the titles. Really good indeed. Uh, incidentally, as well, I was fortunate enough, Sandy, uh, not Sandy, Wally asked me to to write an editorial on that side as well. So I'll, I'll share that later on. It's just a a bit of a spiel about the the podcast and and what we do. I'm very proud of what what we do on the show, um, and so that will be up soon. Um, and hopefully we can share that around. Um, find more loony members as well. Uh, finally, before we get into just very sparse news, Tommy, uh, you wanted to give one little shout out to a little mate, of both of ours. Yeah, uh, Looney Tunes. <laughs> but again, just to uh, for any listeners. The ITK community, I think, is is really, really special. Um, and Ray, I know that you put your soul into the podcast, and we all truly appreciate that. Oh, um, yeah. But it's you've also created a community where fans can come together in a safe space and, and mm. really share our our passions, and and it goes beyond just Moon Knight, I think. And so Looney Tunes, Noltate, you know, he's donated. Uh, the leader has banned music to the show and has helped the show in so many ways. Um, but ITK got me connected with Noel and uh, I've been able to have some recorded chats and we even did a, mm. I think a <laughs> round table Robin together and, and but we chatted online and, and Noel is a, a really, really cool cat. Um, but he's also an artist and I, um, he was willing to, to create a piece for my family and, and I, I'm not going to show that here, but mm. Uh, it, it's it's just awesome, and so uh, I'm, I just I love how the ITK community brings us all together, and, and, and we can share, um, we can share with each other. It's just it's it's really great. So Noel, thank you again for 
what you did for our family and uh, I, that'll be a piece that's passed down so i love it yeah no a big shout out to looney tunes he's an awesome awesome fella uh, and again in the channel we'll have something if you want to get in contact if you want to have something done um by Noel, uh, drawn, it, it's it's really cool, uh, and and you know he's not he's not half bad with the guitar as well, Tommy. Um, I say that Noel provides all the music uh, with his bandolita for for the show, so um, big props to Noel. Right, well, Tommy, we are going to get there, loonies. We are getting there towards the the big Avengers thirty three review that Tommy and I will. Um, you know, throw ourselves at. But again, look, just quickly, some white noise, some news. Uh, Tommy, you alluded to it earlier. Uh, December 2020, Avengers Volume 7 trade paperback, which will cover issues 31 to 37, uh, which will encapsulate all of Age of Conchie. That will be out. Uh, and uh, look, there's nothing much else. The, I only put this other article in here, Tommy. Uh, it was titled, Who is Conchu, the God of Moon Knight? Um, only because it, look, there, there's a whole swathe of articles about reviewing avengers 33 you know spoilers blah 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 um this one i just wanted to make mention um that yeah you know that reference to the devil tommy uh, there's a lot of conjecture as to who it is we'll get into it uh but they seem to be quite adamant that it's mephisto so um you know it kind of makes it aaron has been using mephisto in in, in the um avengers run so there's a lot of um you know, credence to that, but uh, and that's all. That's really back to damnation too. Yes, um, it is. Yeah. Ever since damnation, where he was dethroned and and ejected from hell, and yeah, and imprisoned so, in Vegas as well. So I, I I would part of me wants to hate if if this does turn out to just be Mephisto that Conchu's warned against. Um, yeah, unless th- there's some lore that might be explored of of how Mephisto might be just an entity of some greater being. I think that would be fun. But again, I'm sure we'll get into that. Yeah, yeah, we will definitely um, get into that discussion for our review. So, Loonies, we're almost there. As promised, though, the top of the show, Tommy, I hope you're ready there with the button. We have the next end of the month. It's coming a little late. End of the month, um, uh, part to the hunt for Conchu's Golden Scepter. It is our ongoing serial for Loonies that don't know. Uh, We're up to part 11 it's just it, it's it's for the loonies made by the loonies so tommy's in it there are a few more extra characters new characters cropping up uh it's, a, it's just a lot of fun to do it's the adventures of the loonies and we are looking for country's golden scepter uh, to stop the the uh arrival of set into the world tangentially connected to moon knight and his universe to prevent any kind of legal ramifications and licensing infringements um so tommy uh you haven't heard this right haven't heard it yet so i guess we can't just got so tommy maybe um yeah let's uh let's play it and uh and we'll after that we'll go to a break and we'll be right back um to start our review so enjoy the next chapter for our serial adventure A street contact, Gabe, came away with the goods, and after some digging around, he was able to chance upon the unlisted home address for Bernie Colworth. Colworth was the unlucky father and outspoken advocate 
for exposing his daughter as the victim of the clandestine cult called the Cool Nun. I approached his door with too many questions on my mind. I was scattered and agitated. Not good. Was Bernie just another victim to the recent madness gripping the city? Gabe spoke of irrational behavior from rational residents. News sprouted stories of neighbors shooting each other and office workers jumping out of buildings. Could Bernie be party to this insanity? Or were his fears very real and in need of someone to just believe? I was about to find out. Who is it? Hi, Mr. Colworth. My name is Tommy. I'm here about your daughter. May I come in? How did you find me? Are you with the police? Or the press? Well, I gotta be honest. I'm neither. I'm investigating all this. And I'm here to learn more about your daughter. And, if you have it, the cult of the cool nun. I believe they have something to do with what's happening with the city. Wait. You're the first one I've talked to that seems to be on my wavelength. Come in. Come in. Bernie's house was a hoarder's dream, but it hadn't been that way long. Newspapers and scrapbooks jostled with pizza boxes and banana peels, and the sickening mixture of sweat and panic lingered in the stuffy air like a poor end-of-shift decision. I'd have gagged if it weren't for the urgency. Bernie's info was the next step. Would you like a drink? Perhaps some water? Yeah. Yeah, Yes. That would be nice. Thank you. I gave his sitting room a once-over while he stepped away, only turning toward a photo of the man and his daughter on the wall as he returned with a glass. Can I ask if you found anything new on the cool nun? You say they're a cult. But everyone else... The media played that down and it pretty much discredited your claims. Oh, yes. The media are trying to hide something. But it's true. The cool nun are a cult and they brainwashed my little girl. My daughter Joyce used to be a very normal girl. Did quite well at school and excelled at sports. Then she fell in with a bad crowd. Started uh, skipping school. Coming home late. With all due respect, sir, she she is a teenager, right? It's not that uncommon for teenagers to act out. Oh, no, 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 no! This isn't the usual teenage angst or rebelling against one's own parents. I'd be sitting here at home, waiting up for her, and Joyce would walk in the door with blood covered on her clothes. She'd have a few bruises and scratches here and there, but she'd always just claim they came from her stints at the dojo. I'd find things like knives and shurikens in her bag, all sorts of weaponry. That was then, before she went missing. And now it's been 
How's the water? Good? Yeah. Fine, thank you. Knives, you said? What sort of other things? Did you see, uh... A scepter? Uh, A scepter? No, I, I, I don't think so. But there was definitely a blade. Or a scythe, or... Or throwing knives, you know, that that sort of thing. I, re- I really just want her back home. But at the same time, I'm a little scared of her now. Do you have a picture of her, maybe? I have contacts on the street. I could ask if anyone's seen her. Sure. Sure. Here. This is a picture of Joyce and I when we were over Canada visiting her mother. One moment. I'll just grab a refill. As Bernie shuffled into the kitchen to grab his fifth glass of water, I glanced upon that picture of Joyce and it hit me like a freight train. In the picture, there stood a far healthier Bernie, a far cry from the mess of a man now pottering loosely in the kitchen. Beside him, his daughter, Joyce, young, pretty, and exuding a confidence that only comes with claiming victory on the sports field or in the classroom. But none of this made my stomach churn or put a lump in my throat. What struck me most in that frame was the piece of jewelry hanging from Joyce's neck. A few months ago, I'd have just cast it aside as some department store trinket or secondhand buy from a thrift store. Not today. I had been catching up on my homework and had been studying all I could on set. The Agents of Chaos and the ancient relics like Conchu's Scepter. What I was certain of as Bernie shuffled back with a full glass in hand, was that the jewelry hanging from Joyce's neck was none other than Thoth's Ankh. It was the relic which claimed just as much importance as Conchu's golden scepter, and which both the loonies and the agents of Set were pursuing all over the globe. Joyce was in the middle of a war, and if the cool nun had Joyce in its sights, Well, let's just say you wouldn't need the Eye of Horus to know why. Professor, are you getting this? I'm in pursuit of our target. It's foxed on down into the subterranean tunnels. Copy. Oh, good, buddy. You're coming through a bit patchy, but I hear you well enough. Told you you should have let me whip up some decent comm units myself. Yeah, yeah. Maybe next time, all right? We don't have time to stock the van with enough gizmos for you to play with. I'm hoping at least your ecto-harness works. I mean, did you catch a glance at that thing as it shot past us? 
I've not seen anything like it, and we've run into our fair share of boogeymen. Is that what you mean? This city has always had its fair share of capes and lunatics, but of late it's turned into a madhouse. Got to figure out what's happening to everyone. First, we focus on the low-hanging fruit. If there's anything I've learned behind the madness, there are usually demons. We tag some of these guys, we're well on our way. Well, fear not, old chum. That ecto-harness should prove to be pretty infallible. Have any of my inventions ever failed us yet? Shh, I think it's on to us. What? What's going on down there? Who said that? Phil, was that you? Charlie, I said comms out. I've lost visual on our target. Need you to see if you can track it on UV. I could be in trouble. Phil? You there, Phil? Phil! Pipe down, Professor. You don't have to shout. Damn. So it got you, did it? Yeah, but I managed to open the harness and nab him just before I croaked. The ecto-hornet should still be down there with our little friend inside. You know, Philip, it still unsettles me every time you reset yourself. I can't recall how many times I've seen you bite the dust. Only to reanimate somewhere else? Well, I guess that's why they call me the Quantum Man. Lucky I made a note to flag my last checkpoint in this van. Otherwise, I'd have reincarnated over in Peru. Looks like we have another anomaly. Over there, near the quickie mark. I know that guy. Looney Tunes Tate. Hero of the Brownstone Murders. Not him. More like the company he is keeping. Readings are off the charts for... That fellow. His energy readings are phenomenal. Alright. Anything out of the ordinary has got to lead us closer to figuring out what's going on in this city. I'll go grab the ecto-horn as quickly from where I left it underground. You start the engine. I say we follow them and go get us some answers. Hey there! Do you like comic books? Do you like superhero TV and movies? Well, come on over and check out the Capes and Lunatics podcast. We have such shows as Capes and Lunatics and Super Connectivity, where we cover everything new and current and popular in the world of superheroes. And we also have episode-by-episode reviews of the Marvel Netflix shows and a monthly discussion of everything current on the DC Comics character Nightwing and a few other surprises all the time. So come join us for the Capes and Lunatics Podcast. Hey everyone, this is Brian, the host of Inner Demons, the Ghost Rider Podcast. And since 2017, Inner Demons has been the best place on the web for news, reviews, and regular discussion with our listeners about Marvel's Spirit of Vengeance, Ghost Rider. You can find us on Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and many other podcast catchers, as well as on Twitter, at InnerDemonsGR. Remember, listening to your Inner Demons is not always a bad thing. Ride on.
Yes, welcome back, Looney listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, a The Moon Night podcast. Sorry, episode 149. I am High Priest of Ray. I am with Tommy, the man on the streets, mm-hmm. Cavill Tommy. And uh, coming around from the other side of the break, we just heard the, the latest addition to the Hunt for Conchie's Golden Scepter. Um, that was a long one. I was telling the Petrunis during the break, Tommy... That clock's in at about 11 minutes, 15 seconds. That's the, the, the longest episode so far. Um, so we saw Tommy's character, Tommy, um, investigate, um, meet up with Bernie Colworth. And a big shout-out to the new characters. Um, so big thanks to Rob Southgate for Bernie. Um, Phil, the Drop King Phil, as uh, the corner man. And Charlie Esser as the professor, of course, as well. Um, yeah, no, that's... Uh, yeah, a, a lot of fun to do. Um, we'll see what happens next. We are here, though, for the Avengers 33 review. Um, and available on floppy and digital, this is technically Avengers Volume 8, Issue 33, The Age of Conchu, Part 1, Moon Knight versus The Avengers. Um, it was published May 27th, 2020. We have writer Jason Aaron, penciler and inker Javier Garon, Colorist Jason Keith, letterer Corey Petit, and um, editor editors Martin Byro, Alina Smith, and Tom Bravort. Um, so yeah, Tommy, I haven't asked you. I've written a little bit of a bare bones here, so listeners, it's a bit of a synopsis, just in case you haven't read it and you want to know what we are going to be talking about. Uh, Tommy will read a bare bones, um, and then we'll follow that with our aspects. Um, so writing, artwork, characterizations, references, themes, we'll get into it. It'll hopefully be a little bit uh, more in-depth than our bonus episode. So, Tommy, would you like to, to take it away? Here are the bare bones, Avengers 33. Iron Fist discovers a meditating moon knight at the foot of Kung Lun. And what appears to be a civil encounter soon turns to animosity as Moon Knight attacks, as he claims to seek the Iron Fist. A brutal battle ensues with Moon Knight ultimately claiming victory by absorbing Danny's power into a mystical Ankh. Dr. Stephen Strange is next, followed by a deceptive carjacking of the Hell Charger in East LA, much to Robbie Reyes' confusion. In Wakanda, an armored Moon Knight, along with an army of mummies, storms the gates only to be stopped by the Black Panther. Unable to extract the power from T'Challa, Moon Knight leaves to encounter Thor on the moon. The awesome power of Moon Knight is revealed as he controls Thor's hammer, Uru being made from one of the first moons. Before crushing the Asgardian god with a barrage of literal moons from multiple dimensions. After having defeated one of the most powerful Avengers, Moon Knight kneels at the feet of Kanchu, and his mission is revealed. By gathering the powers of all the mightiest heroes, Moon Knight has become Earth's mightiest hero, and the last hope to save the world. Yes, so that was uh, a, a, a summary of what happened um I don't know, Tommy, as I mentioned in the bonus episode, for me it was a cracker of an issue. Um, I know people have different perspectives and stuff, but overall for you, what did you think of Avengers 33? I really enjoyed... um, I'm going to pop this up onto our document camera for our Petrunis. 
um, it's never too late to become a Petruni. You get a video <laughs> copy of the, of the issue. This is the, uh, the Marvel Zombies variant. Um, that might be a one in 10. And then here's wow, the okay. original cover. Um, but for everybody to look at, I, so I haven't been following the Avengers very closely, you know, as stated earlier, I do look forward to going back and reading Aaron's run. I've, I've had a lot of fun, um, kind of catching, uh, his work as a writer over the last few years. Um, and the Avengers is, is, you know, it's an evergreen, uh, comic. You know, it's it's it's. I think it's generally always uh, uh, a series that is worth picking up, whether in trade paperback or just a single issue. Um, and obviously, Disney and, and Marvel have have uh, banked on that recently with the films. But um, I, I really enjoyed it. You know, so that said, that that we can expect that the Avengers is going to be the top flight, and and you can probably have a lot of fun in any issue. Um, and this is not just me as a Moon Knight fan. This was this was something that was exciting because it's, it, it's a shakeup. And I know that there there's some controversy, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get into that as to why um, maybe we've retconned mm-hmm. certain features. But um, I, I thought that that this was a, a, a lot of fun, um, not just as a Moon Knight fan, but to see some some of the, the heavy hitters uh, and some of the most important characters uh, in the history of Marvel. Um, basically be brought to their knees. Mm. Um, so it's, it's, I, I really enjoyed it. There's, I have, I have a few criticisms mm-hmm. uh, as I'm sure many of us do, but um, this is, it's, this is just really exciting. And that this cover, the, 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 yeah. the original cover is just so cool. Yeah. The cover and to is... know that, to know to, that, that this has been basically two years in the making with that, that one little page. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, so. that was all the way back in generations, wasn't it? Um, uh, there was that one-off, that big kind of thick issue, uh, and it mentioned, um, you know, the Temple of Conchu, uh, you know, rising and such. And that was all amongst, you know, all these other events that have since unfolded. Um, I can't think from the top of my head. There's something to do with Galactus and, and all that. There, there was that one page, you're right. There was a, well, actually two. There was a spread, and it had all these kind of visions of what was going to happen. And we finally got it. Um, yeah, look, I... I um. I think it was very much a setup issue, Tommy. Like it was, it was very much. But what I think offset that was uh, number one, the great action scenes, which I really did enjoy. Um, we we get a substantial fight at the beginning with Moon Knight and Iron Fist. It's not just like a, a page or two and it's done. It actually goes on for a bit, which is nice. Um, and uh, and second, um, I think Aaron, as you alluded to, he kind of manipulates and twists and turns a few things to make you kind of read it going huh that's a nice take that's that's interesting i mean we'll get to it i mean the whole thing is it is thor's hammer we'll we'll get to it (laughs) but um but i found it really really interesting i mean the art as well i mean you're talking about great action scenes if you have a capable artist it can really just like shoot it out of the stratosphere and for me javier garon's art along with the colors um Big shout out to Jason Keith. I found the colors just amazing, especially kind of the cosmic aspects. Um, and yeah, so it's very much a, a simple premise. Like if, we, if we're looking at writing, Tommy, it's basically, it's one of those age old stories of someone coming and, you know, just beating all these, you know, big hitters. And, and in this instance, he's assimilating all the powers into him. Um, 
it's not much is not, not even into him just these onks just the onks so that, yeah. yeah i mean they, those are that's a that's a, a separate object and and the mm. fact that he's wearing it that that's something that i'm going to be very interested to to watch over the the next six issues of this is yeah is is it important that they need to be in close proximity yeah uh, to to mark and and to moon knight or and and, and around his neck you know there's the scene uh later in the issue with Robbie Reyes where yeah. the onk is characteristically or stylistically I should say uh thrown around the rearview mirror. Oh yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. You know, as as a as a decoration. And and, and given he's he's riding in the charger and, and yeah. that that's a source of power. But is it important that that artifact is near him? Mm. Because he's collecting all the powers into these objects and what if they get separated you know and, and yeah. then that could then be another quest so yeah well I'm, I'm going to be very nerdy and geeky here as well um, i'm going to jump um ahead and just ask us what, what you think tommy so are those arcs are they powering moon knight or has he already been instilled with this power of conchu on top of that so he beats iron fist and we know on any given day you know, I'd hate to be, I hate to say it, but on any given day, Iron Fist would beat Moon Knight in a fight. He's one of the best fighters in the Marvel Universe, and he's got the power of the Iron Fist. So Moon Knight has been imbued with some sort of power. He hasn't got the angst yet, so I guess I'm answering my question. But um, he tends to get stronger, and by the time he beats Thor, um, he seems to be quite powerful. Now, is that powered from the angst, or is it is it something? You think purely, yeah. So this is from Serpent War that you're showing. Yep. Yeah. So for our our listeners, this is um, I'm I'm now showing on our video feed mm-hmm. again. Join as a patroni, get the video <laughs> feed. Yeah. Uh, but Conan Serpent War issue number four. So in that limited that short series, this is the the final of the four issues. And at the end, the the last several pages are, are kind of like an epilogue to. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to those four issues and the, uh, some of those pages you see uh, what might be Moon Knight, what might be Khonshu um, Moon Knight being like maybe a different form of, of the avatar uh, actually speaking to set. And then there are a final few pages where you then see Mark Spector in New York, um, not in that dumpy apartment mm-hmm. uh, that we saw uh, within the Bemis run. And his eyes are aglow uh, with this almost white blue light. And Mark is asking as he holds his hand and, and kind of clenches his fist, you know, what have you done to me? Speaking, of mm. course, to his patron, speaking to Kanchu. And I think that we must have, uh, through the, the Marvel editing process, but Zub must have yes. set up... Um, the age of Kanchu with those final few pages. And so I think that it's while Moon Knight is gaining new eternal powers, um, you know, we know, especially from discussion on the Facebook page that um, the Avengers, I'm going to muck this up, but is, is it 1 million BC? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, you know, we have these eternal powers in the Black Panther and the Phoenix course, I believe, is part of that. Yes. And, um, Starbrand as well. And and, and Starbrand, now we have this baby Starbrand from uh, issue, Avengers issue 30, uh, yeah, 31, I'm, I'm 32, I think. Yeah. Um, and uh, the Iron Fist. 
that I, I, I think that, that Moon Knight now has the, the force of Kanchi mm-hmm. as this eternal entity. But then in order to defeat this devil that, that is mentioned later in, in uh, 33, he has to take on each of these other powers. And the Black Panther, I have so many questions about those Black Panther pages. Um, so I think that I think that the, after Serpent War, or, or at the end of Serpent War, in that in, the, in that epilogue, that it, mm-hmm. Kanchu has has basically really made Mark at least a demigod, right? You know, he's he's raised him to a point where he's not just human. And this brings us back to the Fist of Kanchu series, where yeah. we saw that there's, uh, you know almost a magic or uh, these godly powers that come with the waning of the moon or the waxing of the moon. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas within the Mentron and even within Mark Spector, Moon Knight, and then later issues, we always question whether Kanchu is there. Yeah. What, or if, if this is in the later runs, if this is really just an aspect as, as a term has come in, in this community um, of, of his mind. Yeah. So I think that uh, he's, I, I I think that he he's definitely super powered here, and that's and yeah. that's part of the fun. Yeah. Look, I think also as well, it's very important, and I'm glad that you you raised the issue of Serpent War because I've come across a few people online as well, Tommy, that are unaware of that run, so they're just kind of like, huh, Moon Knight? What what the hell has happened to Moon Knight? So it's very important to see to show that. This is a continuation of sorts from the Jim Zub uh, Serpent War, and, and it's very much laid. The foundation is laid in those first uh, in those four issues, um, even going back then. But so that was the question I was going to have to you, Tommy, as well. If so, Zub and Aaron, and I. Okay, let me just say this out first. If Zub and Aaron um, were working and coordinating their works then how far do you take that? So if Aaron has taken on board what Zub has done to Moon Knight or vice versa and they've given him this power, talking about the devil, um, to me, and I mentioned this in the bonus episode and you showed that up there for Petrunis, um, it would make sense that it's the worm. So we were talking a bit earlier about um, how Mephisto and Jason Aaron has used Mephisto a lot in the Avengers run. But then if, if if he's working with Jim Zub and they're kind of bouncing ideas, surely it's got to be the worm. The worm was left hanging in the Serpent War, um, if I'm correct. Yeah, certainly. And I'm, I'm queuing up some pages here. But uh, so this is uh, repurposing um, an old, old comic. And I, I want to make sure I get this right. Uh, but... The Valley of the Worm. Sorry, yeah. I'm speaking off the mic here. Um, I believe that this this one came out in the 70s. Right. And I, I we can add that in the show notes. Yes. Um, but that that becomes the the chief antagonist for um, Serpent War, and it's not set. You you know we're, we're we're all made to believe that it's set to begin with, and and with the oh now I'm going to blank on the the book. Uh, I have it three feet away from me, but um, last this past year Marvel released the the history of Marvel. Oh, and yeah, several these, issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Marvel Handbook or something. It's like the history of the Marvel yeah, Universe. Yeah, yeah, It might be the history of the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Um, and then over the course of about half a dozen issues, um, I think the second or the third issue, it's probably the second issue. Um, Set was introduced as one of the three original entities. Uh, and, mm. and set being completely evil and still within the Egyptian mythos as, as being this, this evil force. 
but then it's discovered within Serpent War that Set is not the true evil. It's it's the worm. Yes. Um, and it's spelled different ways. You know, W O R M in the Valley of the Worm. W Y R M is this kind of drake or dragon like beast. Mm. And um, it's it's something that is wholly mysterious, and it is for the most part left uh, as a cliffhanger at the end of Serpent War. Yes. And it and we haven't heard anything since. No. So I would be really excited to see if Aaron does use this mysterious force uh, as as something that's new or maybe something that's been lingering. Um, but but I, I I have faith that that Moon Knight is is not evil, right? In the yeah. sense that and, and Kanchu that. too, yeah. But that Kanchu Kanchu is privy to information that yes. um, other patrons or the other heroes that that we see within the avengers are not yes and action needs to be taken it needs to be done now yeah um well, well it was a it's, lot it's more kind of like conscious the new shield you know yeah i mean it was a lot more that the last page was a lot more reaffirming for conchu um just the little things that it said like you know um grooming moon knight to to be the the earth's mightiest hero and the last hero you kind of get the sense that okay so conchu is actually um, pushing a noble cause. Yeah, that's a beautifully drawn by Javier Garon there. And that's what I was talking about, the colours, um, Tommy. I just love the colours. And another little note I put on the artwork, I loved how you can only just see it there. I th- well, not typically that, but whenever you see the full moon or the moon in the sky, it's not a drawn moon. It's like an image that they use because there's a lot of digital, um, you know, um, uh, overlap with with actual drawing uh, so you get this really beautiful glowing moon in a lot of the pages but that's a beautiful um that's a beautiful image there also tommy i was going to say um and this is uh you know a little bit of a i guess i don't know is the scoop or not because i i actually had been um briefly chatting with jim zub as well because i actually wanted to get to get him on um on the show as well and he gave me the impression though that he pretty much kind of um did serpent war um, wash his hands of it kind of thing. Not in a bad way, but he just completed his job and then he gave it to Jason Aaron. So he gave me the impression that they didn't really um, collaborate in any sense, but it's hard not to think that they did because because of basically the power set of Moon Knight. So there must have been some early talk or coordination between the two, but there may not be. That's the only thing that's kind of making me doubt that there might be anything to do with the worm in that Jim Zub said, yeah, basically um, it's all in, it's all in Jason Aaron's hands now. I can't really, he might've been, it might've been smoke and mirrors. He might've been. Well, just, and, and yeah. it, it, very well. But yeah. at the same time, I, I feel like, and of course I'm not uh, know it all about the, the comics industry mm. and, and, and how creators communicate with each other outside of being a fan and, and yeah. engaging on Twitter and, and then within shows like this, but um, I, I've got the feeling that that's pretty much the status quo in comics. And it seems like it has been forever that, you know, especially in the seventies and the early eighties, you get a job, you do your job, you see what happens. um, And then you move on to the next thing. You Mm -hmm. know, we've seen creators move from Marvel to DC and then, find their own an image uh, or go to other publishers or self publish. Um, so I, I, I would believe what, what Jim Zub said mm. and that he did his job and, you know, he was probably given a specific set of parameters, but who's to say that yeah. the Marvel editors didn't prescribe 
those talking points or, or exactly. those objectives, True. hoping that they can then mold it. I mean, I, I feel too that like when we think about some of our favorite television shows, um, uh, you you create a season and you plan it out and you think that things are going to come to point A, but really they end up going to point B, but that's mm. because the creation process is organic and you find opportunities to grow characters or you find that there would be a beautiful, dramatic, catastrophic point to, to, to end a character's uh, mm-hmm. through line. Um, and that will be fulfilling for the readers. It might, it might trouble them terribly and, and they may... Uh, hate you for a year afterward but it's like think of game of thrones i don't know if you're a a song of ice and fire fan and not just not the hbo series but but the novels george R. R. martin here you know we have millions of people throughout the world i i I think i'm saying that correctly millions of people throughout (laughs) the world that have read at least the first book um a game of thrones and now we have fans that have come in through hbo and and they've and reread the books and we're waiting for the next uh, novel to come out. But we find that we, he does such an excellent job as a modern author of, of building up characters and you love the character either because they're terribly, terribly evil mm. or because, and, and they're doing things that you would never do. And so you can kind of live vicariously through them or you have such excellent paragons of, of perfection um, in other characters and then they're gone yeah. because they make the wrong choice or somebody else makes the wrong choice and they have to suffer the, the, the consequence. So I think that in the, in, in the creator's world, um, maybe, maybe that's wholly true that Jim Zub just, yeah, he did his job. He was given a few objectives and he, he wrote his arc and then left it a little open for the next creator. Yeah. Um, but it, as a fan, and this is kind of coming back to what we mentioned earlier in the show or what I mentioned earlier in the show, I thrive as a fan. I think of anything, but especially as a Moon Knight fan, on on the risk of being let down, and <laughs> yeah. and 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 I I I I take pleasure in that. That this idea that I have to wait a long time to get the character that I want and get the story that I think I want. Mm. But I I actually hope that the creator is going to push it in a wholly different direction yeah, and me surprise too. me. Yeah. And so that's I think this first issue um, where some of us at least as it was publicized um moon knight he's taking all the avengers powers it's the age of conchu oh man he's the biggest the worst villain that the avengers have ever seen mm. um most of us know this is going to be all copacetic by the end of yes absolutely. the arc because it's the avengers line and yes. it's that's how it works but we don't know yet and and we'll see what happens in a month, hopefully, when the next issue comes out. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I really do um, appreciate, how, and it's a sign of good storytelling and stuff, and also a sign of fandom of how invested um, comic readers are. Because as you say, I mean, you, you hit it on their head there. We know it's, it's things are going to simmer down and return to normal. Um, but there are people there that are, are kind of worried and, like, you know, there's no way that he could have beaten the Avengers so easily and all that. Um, bear in mind, though, that Moon Knight hasn't come across the likes of the Phoenix Force or Starbrand, the two big, like, the huge forces of uh, Avengers a million BC. So um, we've still got that to go. But for the most part, this one issue, he's decimated um, most of them. Uh, but, yeah, and, and, and I do I do appreciate it, but I... I I can understand that fans would be like, if, if you're a huge um, Ghost Rider, Doctor Strange, 
Iron Fist fan, you'd be kind of like, there's no way that he would have. But I guess the whole premise, it just serves to, to um, it just serves this story. Like you're, you're just going to have to believe that Moon Knight is this powerful, and we'll get the answers later on, and you know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, Pull a Samuel Taylor Coleridge, suspend your disbelief. Yes, exactly. Be done with it. <laughs> admit that you're a comic fan, and yeah. if you admit that you're a comics fan... Anything is possible. Yeah, exactly. Um, the only other, the other thing I um, oh no, let's get let's get into it though. Then um, so Moon Knight is taking these powers then right, or, or absorbing or somehow taking them into the Ankh. Are we looking at what do you reckon, Tommy? Are we looking at a, a Super Scroll esque kind of result here? Will like Moon Knight be able to summon the Iron Fist and and open the Eye of Agamotto? And uh, and and he's shown he's wielded the hammer, or um, you know, um, is this what we're going to see, or is it something a bit more abstract? I I, I think that's certainly possible. Um, in that, one would think that up front, if he's taking each of these individual powers, he's you know, as, as you mentioned, Super Scroll, or he's kind of becoming the the Green Ranger, or the White Ranger, the yeah. Power Rangers, <laughs> you know, and he's trying to be the best at the best and. Mm. Um, there's also something very frightening about that. This idea that one person can save everybody. Mm. Um, you know, we could see Moon Knight by the end of this become some type of Christ figure where, you know, he becomes this ultimate force, but then by the end he sacrifices himself or maybe, maybe he doesn't sacrifice himself. Maybe he dies or, yeah. and then he has to be resurrected again, which that would be another creator point of like, Hey, I d- ended his story here what are you going to do with it two years from now? Um, so I, I think that right now we can only assume that he's taking what seems to be about five powers, maybe six, if I get that number right, um, so that he can become this ultimate weapon. Yeah. But, but that is totally Conchu at the same time. I mean, Conchu yeah, as an entity, at least within these comics is, is very selfish. Um, he, wants things done in a very specific way. Uh, he exacts pain, you know, seeks vengeance yeah. um, and punishes Mark when he doesn't follow suit. So I think that at this time, it's, I think that this is really, it's, it's very much the, the Godhead yeah. demanding that the son do exactly uh, as, as he's expected. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, look, we've seen Mark, be resurrected before i mean that's his whole premise isn't it but he has been resurrected again like we saw that in resurrection war um after the events of mark specter moon knight so he's been resurrected at least twice we know he's got no problems with coming back from the dead so there's that um there's one thing i was thinking i'd be bitterly disappointed though tommy if um since he's getting this conglomeration of powers and stuff i would be disappointed if they go down the route of his DID and his handling of different personal personalities allows him to manage these multiple, you know, something like that. I, I'd, I'd be pretty kind of like, Oh no, we've kind of seen that done. A bit Back before. to Bendis. Yeah. And, and even yeah. contagion, which was a, not that recent, uh, not that long ago um, where it's kind of like, Oh, look, let me handle it because I know how to deal with multiple personalities. Um, if that, if it goes down like that, um, I'd be a little bit disappointed. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would. I, I absolutely agree with that, and I I would hope that because the Avengers is such a flagship um, uh, series for Marvel, that they're they're not going to go with some cheap gimmick that like oh we have to rush the writing, mm. and I don't think that Jason Aaron's going to do that. 
but um, it might bleed into a little bit more of the, it, there is the chance that it could blend into uh, the, the Bendis era of that he takes on these new aspects or personalities and makes them his own. And oh, that's right. how he then channels the power. Yeah. So I think that like with Contagion and, and the Bendis run, they're, they're, they're two different. Oh yeah, they are. Uh, approaches to, yep. to the character and i would certainly be disappointed if it becomes a joke and becomes <sighs> contagion i had fun with that because it's my favorite character and i know that there's some critics out there that oh you're ruining moon knight you're making him a joke and he's written too much like deadpool we heard that with damnation mm. but um uh i i think that anytime i see moon knight i'm gonna have fun with it but i would agree that if, if they go the contagion route that's that's going to be a disservice to the character. And yeah. when you're trying to develop this as an IP to gain traction, especially with the announcement that we hope is still going to happen with the Disney Plus series, and then the rumors that Moon Knight might appear in future films, like with the Blade film coming out mm-hmm. with uh, Mahershala Ali. Cannot <laughs> wait. Cannot that wait. I you know at first at first I thought how can they recast. Mahershala Ali, he he's already in the universe, but I don't care. He mm. is incredible. He is absolutely incredible, and he is going to make that Blade character outstanding. Yeah. Um. But but the rumors that maybe Moon Knight is going to be a part of that film, yeah. Or that we might get some Easter eggs in She-Hulk or or these other short uh, or series for Disney Plus. You cannot take an arc in the Avengers no. using Moon Knight as a central figure. And then diminish everything within that the last few pages of the final issue in issue thirty seven. It's that that would be wholly inappropriate, I think, yeah. as a publisher, and it would be such a letdown, not just to fans, but to but to general readers of the Avengers. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. True. I was just thinking about also as well something that um, that Phil Dropkin Dropkin Phil had mentioned about worried about the status quo of Moon Knight as well. So what would what is your take? Because you're talking about the T V show and stuff and surely, you know, they're going down the route of street street level, street fighter again. He's not gonna be I don't know, I could be wrong, but you know, he's not gonna be um depicted as this iteration of Moon Knight as cosmic and, and all that. What is your what what are your feelings about how what are your sorry, what are your feelings in the comics um of them maybe neglecting that whole DRD um, side of Moon Knight, similar to Mark Spector, and maybe concentrating more on the Egyptian mytholo- mythological side, because we haven't seen that in a while. That was, uh, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, Fist of Conchu. That was all the way back in 1985. Now, um, you know, there are different parties. Some loonies would be going, yes, this is great. We haven't had that for ages. But there's a large contingent of unis going, Looney's going no. Well, I like my street level guy, and I like this whole this whole mental battle that he has. Um, what's your take? How do you see this kind of like? Rel- would you be happy if 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 we do get a, a title series with Moon Knight specifically cosmic powered and and intimately connected to Conchu? Um, in in the comics, yeah. I mean, so just I, I guess because some Loonies yeah. have con- um, concerns about the yeah. status quo, like will they be yeah. seeing him? Will we seeing him now for two or three years now? Like you know this, yeah. Or um, yeah, yeah. I, th- I just thought you meant uh, how Disney's going to take it within the show, but um, within within the comics, as a fan, 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 I just want to see more Moon Knight, mm-hmm. and I don't think he's. I don't. I don't think that Marvel's going to make him so pulpy and watered down that 
it's going to ruin my love for Moon Knight. But as a fan, I want to see a love for the character grow. Yep. Um, I, I don't want this to be some campy character. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's some pleasure I take in that, that, that like, oh, there's this small group of us. And, and when you find a loony, you can have a really cool conversation, but it's like a secret group. I don't want that for the character. I want, yeah. I want to celebrate the character yeah. because I, I just, I've had so much fun. Uh, it's kind of like, in, at least in my childhood, the, the Luke Skywalkers, the Indiana Jones, you know, Star Wars has become so big mm. over the last 20 years, but especially since Disney bought Lucasfilm. Um, but I still have fun with it. And I love being able to have fun with my kids uh, and, and my students uh, in talking about the different iterations of these characters, whether it's Luke Skywalker in episode or in just in Star Wars or in Star Wars Episode Four: New Hope, or in Lego Star Wars, or what you know, however detailed you want to get. Yeah. So I would, uh, I would love a new series, comic series, where Moon Knight has these powers and he becomes a cosmic entity. I would love that. Mm. I would also love another series where Moon Knight is a respected member of the Avengers or the West Coast Avengers. Yeah. I would love a series where he is a reject of both of those groups. I would love a series where, yeah. you know, going all the way back uh, to 2005, 2004, 2005, where he is rejected by Kanchu. And who knows, that could yeah. absolutely be what follows this. And that, yeah. you know, Kanchu, hey, you're my son over the last two or three years in a limited series and, and damnation and contagion and yada, yada, yada. The Bemis run where, okay, I'm, I'm, I have a tight relationship with you, Mark Spector, but I'm going to use you and I'm going to use you in the ultimate way in this Avengers run. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to throw you out and I'm going to find somebody new. I would love that. Yeah, so I, character. I, I think be, that, you know, that's, there, open. that's no, totally possible. Yeah. There's no point in bashing no. Moon Knight. I, I, he's not the character to go after. So, mm. yeah, no, no, that, that's very interesting. Um, yeah. I, I, I like it. <laughs> I mean, Looney's probably know my take already as well. Like one of the main things I love about Moon Knight is not only the character, but just how every volume seems to be quite different from each other. So there's not not that often you get a character that somehow still remains its uh, maintains its essence, but um, you get different differences. You know, whether they be whether you like them or not as well. Like you know, your Bendises, your Bemises as well, but your Houston's, your Menches, they're all they're all quite different. Your Fist of Conchu, your Vengeance of the Moon Knight. Um, so I I just love that diversity of how how writers are allowed to kind of free reign it a little um, and, and do what they want. So this is very different. I haven't seen a cosmic-powered Moon Knight. Um, I'd be all for it as well. Um, I do like my street level, um, but at the same time, as you kind of said, I'm a Moon Knight fan as well. So, I mean, I'll follow I'll follow it and I'll, I'll enjoy it. If it's badly written and it's badly drawn, then I will, um, you know, I'll put my hand up and and say it is, you know. But if it's a good, if it's a well drawn series, yeah. And if it's a well written series, um, the premise to me kind of follows on from that. Then you know, then you you're, you're still being told great stories. Um, so anyway, that's that's my thought. Uh, let's just go into there's some some sticking points here, Tommy. Um, Thor's hammer, Mjolnir, <laughs> it got a lot of discussion um, about. You know, being retconned, uh, the Uru Hammer. Um, you know, MCU calls it was from a dead star. Now it seems to be from a moon. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Any, any, um, 
anything kind of... I, I, thought, I found it was actually quite cool. And this is what I was thinking about with Jason Aaron twisting things and making things a little bit different, giving it points of interest, points of differences um, to essentially a very straightforward story. Um, so I found it fun. Uh, how about yourself? Yeah, and I, you know, I feel like I'm a comics fan because I know that things are going to change and things are going to change with time. And so since I'm not a huge Thor fan... I think I've always loved the character, but I am not passionate about Thor as I am with Moon Knight. So if if this were flipped and there was some retcon of Moon Knight that was just wholly unacceptable in my mind, oh, okay, maybe I could empathize. But our character, Moon Knight, has been retconned so many times and things have changed. You know, you go from the Mench run to the, the Fist of Conchu, as we mentioned before, and how he's become super powered. And then it's just Mark Spector, Moon Knight. And then that be- has become part of the character and why yeah. I love the character, that there are changes. Because when you have these, uh, use the term before, but evergreen characters like Thor and Captain America, who is the the, the stoutest and and the ever-present and, and, and ever-righteous and, and will always remain the same character uh, of all the Avengers it's not exciting for me. Mm. You know, the movies are fun, but, but, but in comics, I want to see change. I want to see things. I want to see these characters become malleable and, and have their different character arcs experience Mm. a ton of different bumps because it's not, not everything can, can end in resolution. So with the, the Uru becoming, or at least us being made known that this comes from the moon or the first moon, or it's made of a moon rock. I think it's pretty cool that, Khonshu is not just the god of our moon that's orbiting Earth yeah. within the Egyptian mythos, but that it that maybe he has he takes his power from all these bodies that are yeah. orbiting throughout the system mm-hmm. and or, or even different dimensions. And that growth of power or that increase in power is just something that's exciting to me so yeah. i i don't mind i don't mind the retcon i think that the idea that moon knight mark specter could control mjolnir whenever he wanted that seems strange to me so yeah. that then again lends credence to this idea that kanju has given yeah mark power now yeah. and he can take it away yeah i don't i don't see that lasting so i'm not too worried about it and and i think it's a small enough point that the moon rock uru hammer that you know whether or not you know t- years down the track you get a thor series whether or not Mjolnir is made out of moon or not moon rock or not it doesn't make a really a lick of difference it's interesting though point that you mentioned just uh, on a slightly off tangent um i think every character is put through the ringer anyway in some sort of way or another um so fans would be up up in arms you know look at secret empire is it secret empire with captain america being turning into a Nazi, which again, the cosmic cube, cosmic cube. Um, there was one I was thinking just on my mind, Wolverine, when he lost his healing factor, I mean, that that's a big thing. You're talking about changing someone that's, you know, and and that lasted for a while as well. I think that was, you know, a good 24 or something issues. Um, and that led into something as well. So all these characters, um, Thor as well, Odin's son, losing an arm, you know, not being worthy, the same sort of 
difference that you get in the character. Um, and I, I guess it always generates interest. And for Moon Knight, this has generated his interest that uh, interest in him that he's become cosmic and he's touching these holy, you know, relics such as Mjolnir. Um, but I find it, I find it really fun. Um, but I, I also, at the same time, I understand um, if you do like a certain type of Moon Knight, then absolutely for sure, this would not be your your cup of tea. Um, yeah, so uh, pictures there, of, um, images in the issue of Moon Knight. Actually, we'll get to the feedback later. But interesting enough, he doesn't hold the hammer; he, he just controls it. Um, so it's not like he held it. It's not like he's worthy or anything like that. But he can manipulate it. Um, yeah, uh, you had a question just before we get into. Uh, I guess we kind of we've got to, I guess, kind of close things out soon, though, Tommy, because we've got some feedback to get through. Uh, you did mention you had questions about Black Panther, and the the mass the magic the the mysticism within him. What what was it that you were unsure of, or you wanted to know more? Yeah, so the uh, Black Panther pages were a total of. Very short, right? Three, I think. Yeah. Which may not be uh, different from the the other Avengers with Thor. And, and I mean, the Doctor Strange... Was very short. Uh, it was short, and, and the Robbie Reyes was short as well, but it just seemed like the, the Black Panther page, even though that there was some build-up where um, T'Challa is actually speaking, um, not to Mark, but he's, he's speaking to his own hmm. uh, while he's approaching... Mark Spector, which I thought was such a cool build up for Black Panther that this this guy is a boss, you know. But he he keeps his cool no matter where he is, yeah. And he's such a force, and he doesn't he, he wasn't addressing uh, 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 Mark or or Stephen as he it seems to call him here, uh, Stephen Grant. Mm. Um, but whereas uh, with Danny Rand, Iron Fist, and Stephen Strange. And with Thor, Moon Knight just goes after him and he trounces them. After we see Danny Rand go down, after we see Strange go, Doctor Strange go down, before we get to Thor, we have this like interim set of three pages. Mm. And all told, it's only seven or eight panels when you look at it. And T'Challa is, he keeps his cool the entire time and he doesn't go down, or at least we're left, we are definitely left on a cliffhanger. Because when it just changes, Moon Knight, it? yeah, yeah, when Moon Knight says and 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 the the poses that we see with Moon Knight, I think are super cool, yeah, but they're cool. definitely gleaned from the Bemis run, yeah. These, uh, I mean, outside of the fact that he seems to be bedecked with the the fist of Khonshu era, yes. uh, Egyptian, um, uh, oh, like regalia, relics, yeah, the armor, yeah, yeah. the I mean, the, the gold nunchucks and yeah. And who who else who knows what what else he's uh, packing there, but the the poses seem to be uh, produced in the same way uh, that we saw within the Bemis run, where it's fun and it's super exciting. There were great fight scenes, but mm. it seems over the top. Yeah, and T'Challa is calm. He's cool. He's yeah. composed. And then in that final panel, we see him say that my power is in my blood, and so you're going to have to take all of me, mm. and then you just phase into the Thor scene and that's it. And so I, I know that we're going to, well, I would hope that we get some um, closure or some follow-up in the next issue or maybe yeah. in issue uh, 35, yeah. two months from now. But well, 
but that, I, 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 I just really wonder, like, is, is Moon Knight going to sway Black Panther to join him? Is he mm. going to take his power? Right. Uh, we see those final comments, too, in those, the, the last couple pages where Mark Moon Knight is speaking to Khonshu and says that I wasn't able to, yes. to take the Black Panther. I, yeah. The Phoenix Force is still um, untethered. The star brainchild is being hidden. Mm. Um, so it's exciting that, like, hey, we have these plot points. We have these complications that are being added. And, but but why is it that Danny Rand, why is it that, that Doctor Strange, why is it that Thor could be defeated, but T'Challa, mm. what, what is it about him that, that – makes him so different from the other avengers yeah i mean he he just he just mentions about it's in the blood for me it's a little bit of a comic comic science here like we're talking magic so um how magic's in the blood of some one but not in the other like if you ask me the likes of iron fist and dr strange are infused with um with magic because you know they're highly mystical beings um but yeah for some reason you're right so it does pose a question and it is left up in the air it could be that um does does moon knight pursue trying to trying to still get the black panther power or does he just discard it and he's incapacitated t'challa we don't know because it, it just switches so quickly um so hopefully oh, yeah i think so too i hopefully we'll get some sort of resolution maybe there's a badly beaten t'challa goes back to avengers mountain um sees cap and iron man and, and, and asks for help who knows so um yeah no no it, it's very interesting um uh, indeed Ghost Rider, we don't even... I would have loved to have seen a throwdown between Ghost Rider and Moon Knight. We don't get to see it. There's a bit of an indirect uh, interaction there with him just stealing the car. So um, that was a... Uh, uh slightly disappointing for me, but, I mean, I still enjoyed it. It was a minor quibble. Um, but, yeah, uh, Black Panther from the Christopher Priest run, I just remember that. He's just very well prepared. He always knows what to do. He can't phase T'Challa with anything. He just knows what to do. So whether he had something planned for Moon Knight, we, we don't know. And uh, I just wanted to point out as well, you mentioned the Fist of Conchu costume there. So in this issue, we see four iterations of Moon Knight, um, one of them new. So we see um, the Fist of Conchu, we see the White Moon Knight that Thor battles, we see Mr. Knight very briefly um, beating Doctor Strange in a very different way. Uh, but then I'll, I'll put it as Monk Moon Knight at the very beginning. Um, we haven't seen him before in the sense uh, just bare-chested, um, more kind of, I don't know, more martial arty than um, than anything else. So, yeah, it, it's nice to see aesthetically that we get visually we see four different Moon Knights. Um, I certainly appreciated the Fist of Conchu um, Moon Knight actually with with T'Challa, so um, yeah, and 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 the, something too just in, in, we don't need to discuss this at length, but it, it did seem almost that while T'Challa references Moon Knight as, as Stephen, like Stephen Grant, you know mm-hmm. the the elites, the the wealthy, the the power brokers, it was really really cool to see how. Moon Knight's appearance, but also his movements and everything changed for each of the Avengers, that he was prepared for each of them, that that he had to maybe physically change himself or at least change his fighting style Mm -hmm. uh, to suit the needs of of each of the the heroes. And, um, you know, it would have been interesting to see Danny Rand refer to Mark Spector as Steven, as like the two New York wealthy individuals you know danny rand in charge of Rand enterprises yeah. and then addressing him as steven um 
And then the, the Mr. Knight episode with Dr. Strange, I thought that, that was kind of interesting. Why is it Mr. Knight with Dr. Strange? Yeah, Mr. Knight is, is, is the opposite of, of the magical realm. Yeah. You know, he is the, he's the investigator. He's the one that yeah. gets the dirty jobs done, but, but it was still really cool to see Jason Aaron and, and all the creators, but, but especially, especially Garone with his art yeah. of, of kind of celebrating these iterations. Oh of, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's, a, it's a nice nod. Um, just quickly back to Black Panther. There's something I picked up. Uh, number one with Garon, I love the, um, the, the the zealots whatever of, of moon knight um we get the bird armor we get the the gold covering but also tommy i think the reference to steven black panther is actually talking to steve rogers um there it seems like he's talking through a comms um because he's going to st- he's going captain protect the star brand child and then we know in the the avengers black panther is actually appointed leader of the avengers but i think he says he he kind of suspects his doom because he goes goodbye, Stephen. Um, the Avengers are yours now. So I think he's referring yeah. to um, he's he's got like an earpiece or something talking to right. And he yeah. and he I, I misspoke, but because again he refers to him as Captain too, yes. right? And so yeah. that's when we were talking before that that Black Panther as he's approaching, he yeah. doesn't care that Moon Knight's there. He's yeah. he knows that, yeah. that 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 he has friends. He knows that he's speaking to his own. Yeah. Um, so like, I apologize on that that. Uh, uh, slip right. up there, but um, but 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 just the uh, the confidence that Black Panther has, yeah. I think, is just so boss. Oh, it's very regal, isn't he it? Doesn't care. It's like you yeah. stand there, you wait while I deal with my matters, and then I'll talk to you. <laughs> so now, yeah. I know we're running long on time, but but the the zealots or the priests of country—that's something that I know that we'll look into um, in later issues. But big questions: Who are these followers? Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of like the Knights of Ren for me. Um, with the the recent Star Wars trilogy that really weren't explored, but with Kylo Ren, you know, who are these other followers behind him? Why yeah. why are they dressed all in black? Why do they have these lightsabers? Are they just other members of the Jedi Academy from Luke Skywalker? Why does he have these people behind him? And that that's kind of the same feeling that I had there. Is this yeah. who, who are these people? Because they're not the mummified and they're not the dead. The yeah. army of of Kanchi behind him. So who are they? Just, just um, firm followers. Uh, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to know more about them as well. Uh, we've got a fair few issues, hopefully, to go. So um, I guess we'll just have to kind of wait and see. Um, so Tommy, uh, I think unless there's are there any other points, final points? Uh, the only other thing I wanted to say was I haven't been following it with the star. Is it the star brand? No, it's not with the mm-hmm. star brand. It's with the Captain Marvel um, thing. There was a similar story about Captain Marvel going badass and, and beating all the Avengers. I just noted that. And then it seems like Moon Knight's doing the same thing. There's a, Not to say that they're connected or parallel at all. I just find it a bit... Uh, that, that was kind of done as well <laughs> um, a bit before. But don't quote me because I don't know that story. It could be for totally different reasons and stuff. So, um, But, yeah, but just... at the same time, the comics that we love are also regurgitating yeah. the same stories that we've grown up on and have been passed down for, yeah. for since since forever Absolutely. so but that that doesn't mean that we can't love them it oh, doesn't no. mean that we can't find new iterations but I, but I, but i know it, yeah <laughs> have you have you read that i haven't read it myself i've only seen the covers to it she's becomes the dark avenger or something and she yeah and that so. that was uh released just this past fall yeah. i believe but no Not but no one. i haven't you know okay. you gotta keep your interests yeah, yeah of course uh, yeah, tame, you've got, you've got guess, to, so. yeah be economical um all right, Tommy. Well, 
how about we go for a rating? So we've got two choices here, vanilla rating for, for listeners. You can just do your phase of the moon, or uh, we can go Konishu's rating system patented by our good high priest, Konishu, Konishu, with his very bespoke rating system. Tommy, I'll let you go first. Um, out of 10, what would you give this Avengers Volume 8, Issue 33, The Age of Konishu Part 1, Moon Knight versus The Avengers? I think as a uh, as a Moon Knight fan, I would call this a waxing gibbous, a three quarter moon. Ah. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I love seeing Moon Knight get back in the mix, but I think that as even if I was just following the Avengers run, this was something that was new and it was exciting. Uh, it was a change up, which you know one can expect every five, six, or seven issues, um, and I would still give it a three quarter moon. So, and and this is a great. New point. This is a great pickup point. So if you're looking to try a new series, um, go for it. Pick it up. Yeah, awesome. Um, so seven and a half out of ten. A waxing gibbous. I'd go a little bit higher. I'm going to give it an eight out of ten. It's pretty big. I mean, I'm not talking about this being a masterpiece or any sort of highbrow sort of art or anything like that. It's it's a a good ride. It, it's a it's a nice enjoyable roller coaster. Um, and yeah, so eight out of for my personal enjoyment. Um, and being a Moon Knight fan, of course, that colours my view. Um, so a big, beautiful yellow man, as Konishu would say. Um, eight out of ten. Uh, it's a very simple premise, but Aaron does it. He's a good writer. Like, he makes it interesting. It's a very simple story, he, but he makes it interesting, and he adds new things. He adds new flavour to it. So I've got to give him props for that. And also, more than adequately supported by the artwork. If, I think if the artwork was subpar then my mark would be really uh, greatly affected. Um, Garon's art and the colours by Keith are just beautiful. So um, it is a, it's a very beautiful thing to look at. Um, yeah, so so there you go. Looney, 7.5 and, and an 8 out of our review for, for this issue. Fantastic stuff. Tommy, before we go, we do have um, quite a bit of feedback, though, we want to get through. Um Shall we go? Shall we go through it? Um, just uh, we'll alternate. We've got um, a, a few from say Twitter and Facebook, and then we have um, a few very happy few voicemails that uh, I'd like to play out. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll go first with the Twitter one. It's a, a short and sharp. This is from Brent Jackson thirty at Brent Jackson thirty, and he says no spoilers, but it did remind me Moon Knight needs to use his nunchucks more. And he put up a little picture of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So I guess he's a Michelangelo fan. There you go. And the, the Cesti or the Cestices. Ah, yes. Oh, I, I love want to see them. those come back too. I know? love them. Bring Art them hitters. back. They're, they're terrible, terribly sadistic. But anyway, um, how about the next one? We've got um, a fair bit from the Facebook group. Yep. So uh, Giovanni uh, Zamora writes, just got done reading it. I think it's badass. Cannot wait till the next issue. I wonder what Kanchu means by save the world. Hmm. Yeah, thank you, Giovanni. I, I think it's, yeah, I think it's more than just the world. I think it encapsulates, we're talking like worlds and maybe universe. It, it seems really kind of high level stuff. But um, no, thanks for your feedback. And yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to 34 straight away as well. Um, and we have another one from Hector Robertson. He says, man, that was the best thing ever. Fist of Conchu, Foot of Sphinx. <laughs> Thank you, Hector. Yes, um, I think we mentioned or we've had feedback in our bonus episode. Moon Knight only needs two moves to defeat the Iron Fist. 
And a lot of them, 99% of it was Fist of Conchu. That's all he needs, baby. One and punch, yeah, got, man. You've got to get that Cestus in, and he'll be, he'll be you know, walloping plenty. Uh, but thank you, Hector. Um, always good to hear from you. And, uh, you can take the large one, Tommy. Yeah, so uh, Kristen Arias uh, with a, a, a bit of commentary here. Hi, everyone. New Moon Knight fan here. Started reading a few months ago. A new addition to the Loonies group. Thank you to the admins for accepting my join. Thank you. Personally request, or excuse me, I personally prefer Kanchu being real instead of his existence being ambiguous. So I was happy about that. I enjoyed revisiting the Mr. Knight persona, no matter how briefly. And the 2014 run is my all-time favorite so far. Mark actually praying so much was an interesting change, as someone else noted. As long as they properly explain the character development behind it, I'm on board with this new dynamic. It's weird seeing him go from struggling in a fight with the Iron Fist to not breaking a sweat while throwing around Thor. I honestly didn't like that much, but I guess that's how these big-name comics roll. I'm wondering if we'll see any of Moon Knight's side characters, like Frenchie, Marlene, or his daughter. If anyone can talk Mark out of his servitude to Kanchu, it is one of them. I have doubts that they'll make an appearance, though. I really like how you brought up Kanchu's status in Egyptian mythology. Either the, the Egyptian gods are just way more powerful like you predicted, or Kanchu has found a way to greatly grow in power within his own pantheon and modern worship since those myths first formed. I rather prefer my latter idea and would like a few comic strips showing how that happened, but I would be satisfied with the first explanation for sure. And Yep, excellent. Um, thank you so much, Kristen. Uh, always, always welcome in... Um new loonies and thank you so much for your feedback as well a couple of very interesting thoughts there uh look i think i responded to you with um the the iron fist fight and then the thor fight the way i took it although um it may not make too much sense as we talked through it tommy was that i thought that um he was he was getting stronger as he was beating them that's how i took it so he he fought iron fist first there was a bit of a struggle there obviously the fight lasted a bit longer um but by that stage he had iron fist doctor strange ghost rider by the time he had thor he was um chucking moons around so i think that's how i that's head head cannon, I think they call it. That's what I um kind of said in my head. Uh, I don't know. Did you give it much thought or just that? Uh, and I, again, I think we kind of commented on this before, but that Kanchu needs those specific powers because those are mm. the eternal powers or those are the ancient powers. And so, as powerful as Kanchu is, and in, in putting his faith in Mark, I think, which is a lot of. And that actually comes out of the Bemis run, this idea that if you have faith, then these things are real. Um, but this is coming from the opposite way of Kanju putting his faith in Mark and giving his power to Mark um, and then therefore imbuing him with these godlike powers. He is getting more powerful, but it but but the the Iron Fist power, the the Sorcerer Supreme's power, the um the the dam's power in Robbie Reyes and 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 Ghost Rider the, the, that's something on par with Kanchu. So yes, he's getting more powerful, but he's he's not he's I don't know he's gaining power beyond <laughs> human capability, yeah. right? He's he's yeah. being put onto the the equal level or this pantheon of Eternals or gods yeah, or okay. whatever we want to call them. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, I mean that sounds that sounds right as well. And what do you think about um, 
side characters. Look, I don't have much hope in seeing many supporting characters. No, yeah, um, not in the Avengers. It's it's too busy. Yeah. Um, those we all love Frenchie and, yes. and Marlene and and uh, and Jenna, yeah. but. Um, a diatrice is we'll, we'll see what happens with that character. Um, but I'd love to see Jenna come back. I'd love to see Crawley come back, but, but those are characters that most certainly are going to be saved for a Moon Knight series. Yeah. I, think I doubt so. that they'll come into the, the Avengers. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like, um, I don't know, your Sharon Carter's and your, um, yeah, you supporting characters they pretty much inhabit the, the title series. Um, yeah, there's there's way too busy as you say. There's so many characters in the Avengers. Unfortunately, I don't think we'll see it. But um, um, big thanks again uh, to Kristen for that, um, and hope you enjoy your um, interacting with many loonies in the community. It's, it's really great fun. Um, now, Tommy, I'm wondering if you can line up. We do have three bits of voicemail here. Uh, the first one from Charlie, the Professor Essa. You would have heard him in the serial. He was the Professor. Um, and, Charlie, thank you so much. You have left some feedback. Um, yeah, so let's hear what you have to say. Hello, Ray. It is I, Charlie, the Professor Esser, here to give you my professations on a... Th- on the Avengers, number 33, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, The Dawn of the Age of Khonshu, part one. Okay, now, I was really excited about this because I was thinking about how Marvel has interwoven Moon Knight into the uh, pulpy Howard-verse of Conan and um, Solomon Kane and the gang, and... Although this really isn't that, I am I am just loving what it is instead, which is a super comic booky, ridiculous Moon Knight, which is my favorite kind of Moon Knight, um, <laughs> who you know is just he is basically warfing all the Avengers real quick here. Um, uh, one of the the great items here we have the uh, fight with Iron Fist. And, of course, you have all the moves of Iron Fist, and then you just see Fist of Conchu! Fist of Conchu! Fist of Conchu! Fist of Conchu! And it's delightful. He gets that little Iron Fist. Um, Again, feeding into that comic bookery, the Attack of the Mummies, which, you know, is such a... Not what mummies were, but what a Pulp Fiction writer would have imagined mummies to be uh, as these walking dead shambling creations is just a delight uh, for what is our Moon Knight story. A lot of fun little gags about, oh, it's the biggest super moon ever, and that's why he's so powerful. Uh, Smack around Samaya Bagamoto steals the Hell Charger, because sure, why not? And uh, we've got our little moon cultist, which is fun. Um... And then Black Panther coming along with him is just, to me, delightful in the idea that, oh, you know, whatever he's going to do, uh, he's going to be by his side, of course. Now, fun, fun item for all of those playing along at home, uh, Moon Knight never touches, never touches the hammer. He is only moving it because it is actually part of the first moon. Because I guess all moons are, are related, and now he can control all moons, including teleporting moons from all over the galaxy to smack around Thor. So that's delightful. 
And then we get to meet Archon Shu, who is a uh, big uh, bird skullhead monster. So not not looking at all like the Kanchu, like the statues of Kanchu we have seen prior to this. So is that Im- an important detail? Is Moonlight being led astray, or is Moon Knight really the last defender of Earth? Tune in in thirty days to find out. Uh, thanks for letting me be a part of this, Ray. Uh, as always, I am Charlie the Professor Esser. Follow me on the Twitters at C-H-A-R-L-I-E-E-S-S-C-R. Look for the two E's in the middle for quality. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much, Charlie. Um, Incredible. <laughs> thank you for that. Uh, absolutely. Look, the one big main thing, um, it is big, dumb, bombastic fun isn't it as well like that's what i love about the the pulpiness and you can't take yourself too seriously with this uh and it comes with the territory with the avengers you know just up there with crazy powers and stuff so uh totally loved it um i'm not sure about that conchu thing at the end um i just talk i don't know about you tommy i just thought that garon thought the bird conchu looked a lot more cooler than the the statue one um because cullen bun uh and Oh gosh, I've forgotten. Oh, Mustafa, oh, Ibrahim, Mustafa, um, from the annual, uh, they depicted uh, Conchu as more of that that statue of Conchu. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I thought maybe Grant just thought, oh, it looks cool, so I want to draw him. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. The, the the bird skull really came about in the Bendis run, didn't it? Um, the the Ellis or was run. it no? Or was it uh, Vengeance of the Moon Knight? Oh no, Ellis. I think was the oh. No, no. I, yeah. Oh, it was Vengeance. In, in, in wasn't Vengeance it? of the Moon Knight. It was. Yeah, in Vengeance, yeah. there was. Um, he appears as this little he tiny does bird little, on the yes, shoulder. Right. Although it the, was especially kind of... in those first few issues before um, yeah. the Sentry comes in. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. He yeah. kind of like talks trash to to to, to Moon Knight. Um, so I mean, the fact and I, if that's where it started, great. The origin and we can check that and we can add that to the show notes. But I'm pretty sure it was in that run. I think um, it was. Yeah. Uh, the fact that that's been maintained and there's something so eerie about it and something that is at least within the last 10 years has become so central to the character i i i love that but it's you also have the 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 wrappings um as if that he's been mummified this idea too that maybe kanchu was once a living being and it was then put into eternal life or put into eternity um and then gained his power from there. So I think it's cool. It's, it, you know, as we mentioned before with the, the different iterations of Moon Knight, it's an homage to yes. the different versions that we've seen. Um, but something I'm just picking up now, and by the way, the professor, that was great. That was, I love the gusto. That was <laughs> charismatic, and, and that was a great uh, commentary. But if you look on the last page of Avengers 33, Moon Knight's cowl um, is sculpted and and so the the little like widow's peak that we see within some versions of moon knight that extends over oh, his yeah. forehead yeah it's it's actually sculpted there um it's cool. it's kind of cool yeah and the the face mask too we didn't mention this before but yeah. the face mask is very different mm. um, than what we've seen before it's at least the way that uh garon has has uh, illustrated it yeah no um yeah really yeah, really good uh again garon just top-notch i'm loving his art 
Um, yeah, fantastic. Uh, well, again, thanks, Charlie. How about we go to the the next one? Uh, this is from another colleague of the Southgate Media Group. It's Lilith Hellfire. What does Lilith have to say? Howdy, Moon Knight nerds. Lilith Hellfire here from Capes and Lunatics Podcast. I have nothing but good things to say about Avengers number 33, The Age of Kanshu Part 1. But are we sure this issue wasn't supposed to be titled Moon Knight Kills the Marvel Universe? Because it certainly feels like this is how a book like that would start off. Moon Knight laying waste to almost every Avenger was priceless. Pure perfection. This is the kind of competence the Punisher should strive for. I'm not the biggest Avengers fan, But Jason Aaron has absolutely been killing it on the Avengers book in my eyes, mainly because he hasn't been focusing on the Avengers roster, much to Avenger fans' chagrin, I guess. But hey, different strokes for different folks. I love how he expands the mythology. He gives us fresh takes on characters. And I feel like he's definitely been balancing the story between being character-driven while keeping the plot and pacing tight. He does have a slightly over-the-top nature that's somewhat of an adjustment, but um, if somebody can make Iron Fist interesting, hey, all aces over here for me. I love that he depicted Moon Knight's man on a mission mentality. I love that Moon Knight's kind of this ignored character and people think he's like crazy. And I just kind of like those characters. And when people like underestimate a person like that and then, you know, they get their comeuppance, especially if it's in the currency of pain, I'm here for it. Definitely loving Javier Garan's artwork. It's very kinetic and crisp. And you know, I'm a sucker for anything with a little manga inspired flair. So of course my favorite panel is of Iron Fist and Moon Knight fighting. That's how you kick off an issue. Also, definitely can't forget the other two fellas in the artwork department, colorist Jason Keith and letterer Corey Pettit. I feel like this is a great jumping on point for new readers and definitely a great introduction for people who don't know Jack about Moon Knight. This definitely feels like they're building up some buzz for the TV show. I did feel like Moon Knight was definitely OPAF, but that's probably because my preference for Moon Knight is definitely when he's doing his street level stuff, aka doing his best Batman impression. Sorry, Ray, you know your girl had to do it to you like that. (laughs) But no, overall, I really like this book. I think this is definitely going to get a lot of people reading Moon Knight. For better or for worse, uh, look forward to hearing what you boys thought about this issue. And uh, this is Lil Hellfire signing off. Out of the pouch, boing. <laughs> Thank you, Lilith. Um, familiar sign off. I don't know where it's from, but no. Thank you, thank you, Lilith. Uh, that was really cool. Um, and. Far out manga inspired. How cool was that thousand fist of country punch at the beginning? I think Rick Ball mentioned that as well in the the bonus episode, JoJo's Adventures or something. Um, I, I'm not a big manga anime fan, but I, I really did like it as well. So a uh, nice pick up there, Lilith. Uh, also, it is a it is a little jarring. I mean, we've gone through it. It is a little jarring to see Moon Knight so powered, right? But um, again, it's it's. I think it's great that Aaron does this straight away, all in one issue, to get it all out of the way. Um, and then so you kind of have to, this is it. This is what we're going to deal with for the rest of the the, um, the story. But yeah, um, any any thoughts there, Tommy? Uh, just that I know that many of my students have told me that I have to watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Mm-hmm. And I know that uh, Rick picked up uh, a PlayStation game and I didn't even know that this existed. Maybe maybe they only released it in Australia and Japan, but um, but it's a JoJo 
Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. I don't know if it's a fighting game, but he said it's awesome. I, I followed him on, on Facebook commenting on that. So um, if, you know, we, we did see too, though, that, that Marvel uh, is starting to bring um, manga style into their universe. Um, I'm blanking on the title now, but about six or nine months ago, um, but there was a series um, that was predominantly um, built upon oh, East that, Asian that characters Arrow, and uh, Arrow and Swordmaster. Um, it was yeah, on the Agents of Atlas. Um, yeah, the Agents uh, of Atlas, Jimmy and, and yeah. then there's a there's a few other characters, yep. and so they're starting to bring in that manga style because it's it's wholly popular in the yeah. United States, Absolutely. especially among teenagers and, and young adults. Um, you know, we I grew up with Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball mm-hmm. Z, watching that on television. And um, I, too, am not a huge manga or anime fan, but um, it, it's something that is part of our zeitgeist. Yeah. And, and I, I think that any way that we can celebrate um, the, the cultures from throughout our world and, and, and kind of bring some globalism to comics and not just have because, you know, the. The, all the Avengers are white except for Black, pa- Black Panther, and there there are definitely some some questions I have about that Black Panther scene as to why Marvel went that that direction, as to mm. why he's the one Avenger that can't be brought down. And I support that and celebrate that, mm. but I think that there's there, there's a lot of change um, that that is uh, on the way in comics. Yeah. Um, so. No, that, that's good. Yeah. That's awesome. Absolutely, and, and I'm glad Lilith that you're uh, enjoying it. Um, yes, yeah, so hopefully um, we can discuss the, the latter parts as well. It'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. Um, now, we've got a last bit of feedback here, Tommy. You'll probably see it's it's quite a long one. I didn't know where to put this. This is from a friend and uh, fellow co-host, Matt Kona, uh, from the Ultimate Spider cast, where we do the Scarlet Spider at the end of every month. Uh, Matt Kona's also just recently been on the Isle of Ra. We had a nice little chat about his uh, Desert Island books. Anyway, I didn't know where to put this. Uh, have a listen to to it yourself. Uh, it's another whole new review, um, so I'll just say that. Take it away, Matt. Hey, Ray. Well, what's up, Into the Night? All the Conshu uh, crew, this is Matt Kona. I got a message from Ray asking if anybody was interested in reading Avengers number 33 and leaving some feedback. And I read Avengers 33. It's from the 60s, which Moon Knight is not in. I forgot that new comics are able to get as high as number 33. So I did read the new one. I'll just say I enjoyed it. I won't give you too much about it because... I took diligent notes on the 1960s one, and even though it has nothing to do with Moon Knight, I figured I would uh, leave feedback for it. So maybe this is tagged at the end of the podcast for after the credits, but uh, it's called To Smash a Serpent. It mostly focuses on Goliath, Wasp, and Hawkeye trying to rescue Captain America, who has been taken over by the Serpent Society and is being used as a propaganda machine. Uh, There's a little blurb in the beginning which refers to it as uh, this issue being one of the most talked about collector's items in the history of comicophilia. Uh, I checked eBay. It's $12.74 plus $4.99 shipping in very good condition. So 
I think they were a little bit off about the prophecy of it being one of the most collectible issues, but it was pretty good. It was an enjoyable read. If you're into uh, old digital comics or you want to find that eBay seller and get it for uh, under 20 bucks, you can. But it felt a little close to home. There was a couple of quotes, especially, that uh, one of them said, uh, American blood must be kept pure. Foreigners must be banished. And that was coming from a serpent, but given the current political times in America, it felt a little bit, a little bit eerie. Uh, Hawkeye is having some trouble being in uh, Captain's Captain America's chair. He's worried about what's going on. Him and Goliath take a while to get onto the same page. The Serpent Society sends messages that self-destruct in the. In the guise of uh, snake canes that invite them to the the public meeting of the Serpent Society, where Captain America is billed as a speaker, and you see things that are going on in Congress and the State Department. There is a vaguely uh, tyrannical Asian ruler. They don't use the word Asian. This is the '60s. They use a different word that's a little not PC anymore. Uh, but but this General Chen character says, how can you police the rest of the world when you can't even control the hate mongers in your own land? Damn, that's kind of a mic drop moment. So we get into some action. Hawkeye stakes out the area outside of the Serpent's Gathering. Goliath and Wasp say he is parking the car. Uh, Black Widow is up above them in an airplane, in the Avengers jet, not just an airplane. And she's uh, figuring it out, how they're going to rescue Captain America. But he's out there, and he's brainwashed, spouting pro-Serpent Society propaganda. Goliath gets on stage and talks about how they're against American values, but the crowd is easily swayed, and because Captain America is saying it, they side with him against Goliath, which is... Also very topical because the the nation of people who believe anything that they think should be right. Kind of scary again. Uh, action continues in this artificial cloud device nearby the airplane that the Serpent Society is escaping in or pull, literally pulling the puppet strings from. And then a bare-chested Captain America comes out and joins the fight. Uh, re- revealed that the other Captain America was a fraud, a Serpent Society person, just in Captain America's outfit. Hawkeye makes some pretty funny uh, references. He makes a Diners Club joke at one point. Diners Club being a, a kind of a budget credit card that I've never seen in real life, but uh, I know that it exists. Black Widow arrives. They unmask the head of the Serpent's and it is General Chen in a very Scooby-Doo type of ending. I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you meddling kids. And so, that, you know, it was kind of a quick little tie-up in that way. But the last words between Captain America and Goliath hit real hard again. They say, beware the man who sets you against your neighbor. For whoever the deadly poison of bigotry touches... The flame of freedom will burn a little dimmer. Wow. I don't know. I know you guys are recording in Australia, Ray. At least you are. But I don't know. This 1960s comic book kind of hit me in the feels. But but I did read the 
issue of Avengers 33 <laughs> after I realized there was no Moon Knight in this issue, and I dug it. Moon Knight is a straight, cold-hearted, calculating sociopath. He's systematically taken out the Avengers, starting with Iron Fist, Doctor Strange, Ghost Rider, Thor. I dug it. I dug the art. I dug that he reveals all the different identities of Moon Knight. He gets an army of mummies at one point. I'm I'm into it. I'm not reading the, the newest issues of comics a lot nowadays, but I'm going to see where this goes. So part one hooked me. I will be in on board for part two. But definitely go back, read the Avengers 33 from the 60s <laughs> like I did by accident, but ended up enjoying it. So thanks for that, Ray. And uh, sorry, this is super long. But like I said, they, they have a lot more words. There's a lot more to process <laughs> in the old 60s issues. So I had to go go through it that way. All right, that's it from me, Matt Kona. See you guys soon. Check out the Ultimate Spider Cast, Ben Riley edition, where Ray and I are a part of it. All right, see you later. Good day, mates. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Um, uh, signing off with a hello. <laughs> um, but no, as I, I loved uh, Matt. Thank I loved you. You checked up on the the price of that issue. Um, so Looney's also, you get a second review at no extra cost on this episode. There you go. Maybe something to check out in the 60s, Avengers 33. Tommy, have you read this issue? Are you going to read this issue? It sounds like a cracker. Not within my memory, but I, it's something <laughs> to celebrate. And Matt, you sound like a, you sound like a fun guy. So I, maybe one day you and I can talk about that. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah, we'll get you two on to, to uh, do an in-depth review. I mean, although, uh, Matt, you've, you've covered it brilliantly. And, and look, if you can find things within comics that, you know, um, get you in the, the deep and meaningfuls, that's, that's awesome. So, no, great, great, um, great, uh, whoever wrote that, prophetic, prophetic. Um, so that pretty much wraps us all up. Uh, anyway, Tommy, thank you so much. Uh, we've gone way over time, but I'm hoping that, um, I haven't disturbed your your morning, your day. Thank you so much for your time and and for discussing this this fun issue. Yeah, it's it's great to be back and and I, I love the ITK community and it's great to see Moon Knight in the comics and so it's good to see you, Ray. It's really good to see you. Yeah, good to, good to catch up as well. Good to see you too. Um, I'm glad you your your technology is working a lot better than mine. So um, it's been it's been fun with this new new way to see things. Um, really would like to explore it more. Um, so Looney's next phase is our big one, 50th episode. Uh, look, to be honest, there's, uh, I don't know, I can't, I can't um, seem to, I guess, top the, the episode 100. So it's going to be a modest one. I'll see what I can, what I can do. Um, but it is a bit of a milestone, 150. It's going to be fun. Um, maybe get a few Loonies or hopefully some special guests on board. So check that out. That will be on next week. Um, just to mention as well, Patreon page, if you do check out, as Tommy mentioned, uh, become a Patroni. You can see what we're doing. Uh, Tommy's put up that great, um, what do you call dot point? We call it overhead projector. Um, you can see the comics that we're talking about. Patreon.com slash ITK Moon Knight. We're sponsored by Hello Headphones. Use the code ITK Moon Knight to get 10% off their online store. And we're a sponsor. Uh, we're sponsored by Dreamland Comics. So use code Moon 
and get a whopping 20% off any of your purchases. Um, so big thanks to the guys over there. Uh, we're also affiliate member to Entertainment Earth if you want to go grab your... I don't know if you want to pre-order or get another order of that, that Moon Knight Marvel Legends or anything like that. Um, do it through our link, and that will help us as well. Um, and that helps support the show. Uh, finally, we're part of the Collective as well. Great podcast. Check out the Adelan Rising. It's an Inhumans podcast. The likes of Signal of Doom. Big shout-out to Dave Finn. Cracking it over there with four, four-and-a-half, five-hour shows. Dave, you are you are a... a a menace. <laughs> so, uh, big shout out to Dave Finn, and uh, and finally, Weird Science DC and Marvel podcast. They do, my gosh, they do consistent reviews of all comics coming out, and I think they're doing some flashbacks. So that's pretty cool. Uh, finally, you can find us, uh, contact us on the email itkmoonnight at gmail dot com. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Discord. Get vocal. Uh, we've got a website on Libsyn and WordPress. And, uh, and we're on Podchaser as well. So if you want to leave a review, that will be very much appreciated. Um, a big thank you again, Tommy. Um, all the best. Um, I'm sure I'll be seeing you online. I'm sure we'll be chatting again. We should um, we should set up another round robin, um, revengeance um, <laughs> um, episode uh, as well. But no, a huge thank you. Yeah, always happy, always happy, and, and go ITK. Excellent, excellent. And with that, everyone, may Conchie watch over the denizens of the night. Catch you later. Moon Knight and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.